Fox News ran two live video feeds next to one another. On the right, Donald Trump addressed his supporters in New Jersey. On the left, Joe Biden spoke at an event for the Secretary General of NATO in Washington. Beneath those videos at the bottom of the screen, Fox's banner read this way, quote, wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. If the communists get away with this, it won't stop with me. They will not hesitate to ramp up their persecution of Christians, pro-life activists, parents attending school board meetings, and even future Republican candidates, which they did. We must end it permanently and we must end it immediately. news with resistance chicks we're your hosts leah and michelle so we have a jam-packed show for you today in our first half we're going to be hitting all three 2024 presidential campaign candidates trump desantis and your favorite and my favorite liberal uh robert kennedy jr so desantis is coming after the covid response right yeah, so there is there's a, a grand journey, a grand jury impaneled actually in Florida. It's kind of on the down low against the COVID response. Now, and then Trump's coming out and saying that we can't let the communists take over, get away with this, get away with going after him. Come on, man, exactly. he's calling out the commies. And then uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. saying no one will deba- debate me on vaccines. Can you blame them though? Yeah, but the big story of the day is Tucker uh, on episode four talking about. Joe Biden and the wannabe dictator that he is. And taking on Fox News for, for literally putting that on the banner. So we got yes, that. Yes, this is very fun. So much more coming up right after these messages. Go grab a friend, sit down, and enjoy this week's headline news. All right, Leah. So we've got two segments on today's show where the Fox is in the hen house. Oh, yes. One is Fox News and the other is Megan Fox. We're going to cover that in our second half. Uh, uh, Megan Fox being slammed for forcing her little boys to dress up as little girls. Oh, what are the odds that all three of your little boys were born wrong and they were born as girls? You got some major genetic problems then. And you're a confessed case. witch. <laughs> exactly. And you drink blood. She's a little Satanist witch. And this goes with our, this goes perfectly well with our segment. So let's, uh, on the uh, the Return of the Gods, so plug that. Tell oh, us. yeah, this past week, we did a phenomenal episode. If Adam, I don't say so myself. I, I'm patting you on the back right now. No, like, there are legit episodes in the, where we watch them back and we listen back, and it's like, man, that's so good, I want to watch my own show. <laughs> so seriously, you can go to our brighteon.com channel and look at all of the videos that we've been doing but that one specifically uh jonathan khan has a book out called the return of the gods and essentially he is showcasing how these ancient gods which ishtar baal malek they were gender bending all of the things that we are seeing right now and what is it leah is it an ancient god 
No, these are demonic spirits, and they channeled themselves through these ancient gods, and over over the years, they switched. So, like Ishtar, she was the goddess of sensuality, sexuality, fertility. Uh, she had... She could um, change genders. She could change others' genders. She Physically, these people would uh, castrate themselves. Yeah, so she would have priests who would be would dress, at women, dress as women. There were poems that were written where she says, I can change my gender, or I can change your gender. There were parades. Ishtar's month was June. Do you see any similarities here? And she was the goddess of pride. So here's the thing. The devil doesn't have any new tricks. He just no. regurgitates them. Exactly. So these specific demonic entities have the same shtick. And then it gets kind of re... And here's the thing. Reiterated the, every, you know, so when often. When the devil comes at you with a pitchfork and pointy ears, then, hey, when we really have no excuse but to cast out the devil. We saw that with Target. When you guys... What you saw with the Target rollout, and the reason they were such a revulsion... Mm -hmm. It's because the artists behind the tucking swimsuits and, and some of the, they were, they were literal LGBT tarot cards. So they come out with the Satanism because here's the thing. The devil doesn't really like to hide. Right. He likes to be made known that this is witchcraft. This is demonic. He wants to be, he wants to be, but he knows that it's an ick factor. Okay. When Christianity spread West, it was the greatest exorcism in world history. But in the past 100 years, the church has been sitting back due to what we call, you know, this crazy end time theology that says, don't, don't do anything to fix it. It's got to get worse and worse for Jesus to come back. And, mm. and so these demons are like having a heyday. So these, this, these different demonic spirits are now fully out there you know with uh hillary clinton and pizzagate i have to tell you guys something we did videos on pizzagate yeah and we did that comet pizza where um some of the the clinton night i can't even remember now who it was who um i know it was john podesta with his little his abrima um abramovich mm -hmm. uh thing on her on his hands um but there was another guy i'm picturing him and they were all caught up in this comet pizza restaurant but at the base of it all was satanism exactly and so witchcraft it's very interesting because they all were like oh my they, they tried to turn us in 2016 into crazy conspiracy theorists but that comet pizza and i'm gonna no 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 no. it's I, this your conspiracies that you are doing are just crazy yeah, so that Comet Pizza restaurant, yeah. they had drag queen shows. Yeah. They had LGBT stuff. They had child pedophilia stuff and artwork. And artwork, yeah. So John, oh, I know who I'm picturing. John Podesta's brother. Yeah. So John Podesta's brother has that has that weird art artistry with those children with mm -hmm. their in like the hands behind their hands. back, yeah. and then he's got that. Um, that piece of art where somebody's all the way like arched back, like it's all satanic, all this weird satanic stuff. Um, and they were going to a spirit cooking party where Abrina Abramovich, and we've done um, is it Arena Abramovich? Yeah, how do you guys say? It? I'm I'm not pronouncing it right. Um, the little witch lady. We did whole episodes on that, and actually, was very interesting is on our YouTube. We did a cannibalism one where you had a CNN guy go to India, and this is you guys are here for this. Um, this wasn't part of our show, but, but you're this is get really it today. cool. This is this is interesting stuff. It's happening right now. So you have the CNN guy going to India. At, gosh, I can't remember his name right now. But he interviewed a cannibalistic tribe, and they offered him a piece of human brain. Not telling the guy where did it come from. Whose brain is it? And this how person this died of natural die? causes. And should you okay. eat the brain of did a person? Did he sign a waiver causes? like you may eat me when I'm dead? 
So anyways, he eats it and we do a show on that. And at that same time, Drew Barrymore had come out with a cannibalistic show. And she was like all this blood and it gore. It was this big push for cannibalism. And then people were like, it was not well received. No, that show stopped. And then we got flagged for bullying against the CNN guy. Because we Don't were making those fun cannibals. of cannibalists. Do, now, speaking of making fun. All right. So this goes to Tucker Carlson. Episode four on Tucker on Twitter. That's yes. the name of his new little show. Whatever. Weird name, but okay. So Tucker on Twitter, episode four, calls out the fact that Fox News literally had a banner. And we're going to let Tucker explain this. Calling Joe Biden a wannabe dictator. Let's listen to what Tucker has to say about what Fox News put out and then rolled back really fast. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. On Tuesday afternoon, the Biden administration had Donald Trump arrested. It was a pretty big news story. You may have seen it. Just before 9 p.m. that night, as part of its coverage, Fox News ran two live video feeds next to one another. On the right, Donald Trump addressed his supporters in New Jersey. On the left, Joe Biden spoke at an event for the Secretary General of NATO in Washington. Beneath those videos at the bottom of the screen, Fox's banner read this way, quote, wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. Those words were up for less than 30 seconds, but the effect was immediate. Inside Fox, the women who run the network panicked. First, they scolded the producer who put the banner on the screen. Less than 24 hours after that, he resigned. He'd been at Fox for more than a decade. He was considered one of the most capable people in the building. He offered to stay for the customary two weeks, but Fox told him to clear out his desk and leave immediately. Then the company issued a public apology for the 27-second-long wannabe dictator line. Quote, the Chiron was taken down immediately, Fox's PR department said. Suggesting that Biden is a dictator, declared the Washington Post, quote, crossed the line. Alexander Vindman agreed strongly. On Twitter, he demanded that the Pentagon pull Fox News from all military bases. Of course, Joe Biden's not a wannabe dictator. Just because he's trying to put the other candidate in prison for the rest of his life for a crime he himself committed doesn't mean he has a totalitarian impulse. Come on, that's absurd. It takes a lot more than jailing your political rivals to earn the title wannabe dictator. That's the consensus in Washington tonight. The one thing that all dictators have in common is they enrich themselves and their families, their tribe, even as the countries they govern grow steadily poorer and more desperate. They take kickbacks from businesses and from other dictators. They use the official functions of their government to funnel cash to themselves. They don't bother to hide the fruits of this. They live in garish mansions with big lawns far from the teeming cities. Nor does Joe Biden dress like a dictator. He doesn't do photo ops and mirrored sunglasses driving a sports car to convince you that he isn't frail and senile, but instead powerful, virile and wise. That's just not his style. If Joe Biden was a dictator, he'd be wearing epaulets and carrying a tasseled riding crop. And he isn't yet. So calm down. If he was a dictator, Biden's speeches would look like Nuremberg rallies, a blood red backdrop, armed soldiers by his side, screaming about crushing his eternal enemies. Honestly, Biden did come close to that one time last September at a speech in Philadelphia, but it wasn't in any sense dictatory, dictatory. It was necessary. As MSNBC assured us at the time, quote, Biden aimed to showcase his faith in the military apparatus and its ability to back the democratic order. See, it was about democracy, not dictatorship. No cause for alarm. He is not a dictator. 
A dictator would stockpile ammunition for his own bureaucrats, including his tax collectors. He'd redefine the legal code to make disloyalty to the regime the most serious crime. He'd claim dominion over the most intimate parts of his citizens' lives. He'd define what attitudes they were allowed to have about sex and religion and how to raise their families. He would even, in his final grandiose stage of dictatorship, claim ownership of their children. And Joe Biden wouldn't do that. And to prove he would never do that, Biden just this week released this video. These are our kids. These are our neighbors. Not somebody else's kids, they're all our kids. And our children are the kite strings that hold our national ambitions aloft. It matters a great deal how we treat everyone in this country. LGBTQ Americans, especially children, you're loved, you're heard, and this administration has your back. See, Joe Biden isn't saying your children belong to him like a dictator would. He's saying something very different from that. He's saying America's children are, quote, our children, not his alone, ours. You share your children with Joe Biden evenly, right down the middle with alternating weekends. You've got joint custody with Joe Biden, and you can thank heaven that you do. A nation is like a family. Every family has a head, a father. That's Joe Biden, our nation's father. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is now his fatherland. Just don't call it a dictatorship, or we'll have to issue a statement disavowing you. Oh my gosh, here's the deal. It's kind of pitiful and sad that Joe Biden really is a wannabe dictator, okay? Because he, he really can't achieve it. Yeah, and this is, is it, America. And I don't, and I'm going to, I think it's it's easy to kind of pin it all on Joe Biden. He's a puppet. But the, honestly, the wannabe d dictator is Barack Obama. He's the one with the pen and the phone. Um, and so unfortunately, Behind the scenes are mm. all these puppets. I think Jill Biden is a wannabe dictator. Uh, definitely Michelle Obama is a wannabe you dictator. Mean puppet masters. Yeah, puppet you said masters. behind the scenes are puppets. He's Joe's the puppet, yeah. and then you've yeah, got all these puppet, people that have control masters, of the strings with the strings. Yeah. So don't you? Isn't that what you see? 100%. Like I don't like. I think it's too easy. Well, that's what I'm saying. To when mark I say it it's as sad, Joe Biden. it's pitiful that he is really a wannabe dictator. He has no control whatsoever of himself, of this country, of 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 our. The only thing he has control over is whether the uh, front of the White House can be a rainbow flag. But honestly, that wasn't his idea so either. They're doing a lot of radical things. And I, I believe that they've put the dementia patient out on front to take the hits. Yeah. So when it came to just student loan radical debt relief or whatever they had going on or the, the, the radical green agendas, they keep putting him forward and they say, Joe, read this script. Mm. Because behind, they're, they're kind of doing a test and run and test and run. You even see Barack Obama sometimes saying that the left is getting a little too crazy. That to me, if I were like, like an end timer, I'd say, here he comes the Antichrist, right? He's <laughs> uh, trying to like kind of pull in both sides. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. But Donald Trump, he, so Donald Trump made a response to Tucker, but I felt honestly, it was a little bit dry. Uh, his three minute response. And he was grateful for Tucker for coming out. But actually this clip that I've got from a rally this week, explaining what they're doing right now is communism. So what Tucker was talking about in his clip, and there was more to it, he he would talk about the um, Kim Jong-un's father in North Korea. At one point he Real had- Real dictators. Yeah, so he at one point he had this like giant like tumor on the back of his neck, but nobody was allowed to talk to, talk about it. You're not allowed to talk negatively about Kim Jong-un 
you're not allowed to talk negatively about Chairman Mao. You're not allowed to make fun of him and say he looks like Winnie the Pooh. Those kind of First things. First of all, you just said Chairman Mao, and uh, you met President Xi. Oh my Chairman gosh. Chairman Mao goes back a little ways, but well, you couldn't there's do that. a Freudian right. slip there. It, it's a demonic, like, spirit. I'm channeling. telling you. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. He is. He might as well just be Chairman Mao because he's doing the principles. But you're right. It was President Xi. He doesn't like to be <laughs> Winnie the Pooh with the big belly. Uh, yeah. So I want to play this next clip with Donald Trump explaining that what they're doing to us and why it has to stop with Donald Trump. Donald Trump has definitely made a lot of mistakes. Made a lot of mistakes, and we need to call him out yeah. on it. We need to call out the vaccine. We need to call out the VAERS numbers. And I, I don't know if like they're trying to push us to defend him, but here we go again because he's not wrong when he says, "If they take down him, then they'll take down us." Let's roll this. If the communists get away with this, it won't stop with me. They will not hesitate to ramp up their persecution of Christians, pro-life activists, parents attending school board meetings, and even future Republican candidates, which they do. We must end it permanently and we must end it immediately. Now that the seal, so important, is broken. The seal is broken by what they've done. They should never have done this. This was an unwritten rule. You just don't, unless it's really bad. But you just don't. But the seal is now broken. In addition to closing the border and removing all of the criminal elements that have illegally invaded our country, making America energy independent and even dominant again, and immediately ending the war between Russia and Ukraine, I'll have it ended in 24 hours. I will appoint a real special prosecutor to go after the most corrupt president in the history of the United States of America, Joe Biden, and the entire Biden crime family. Name a special prosecutor. And all others involved with the destruction of our elections, our borders, and our country itself. They're destroying our country. And when I'm reelected and we will get reelected, we have no choice. We're not going to have a country anymore. I will totally obliterate the deep state. We will obliterate the deep state. And we know who they are. I know exactly who they are. They want to take away my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom. It's very simple. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. They want you silenced. And I am the only one that can save this nation because you know they're not coming after me, they're coming after you, and I just happen to be standing in their way and I will never be moving. On November 5th, 2024, justice will be done. We will take back our country and we will make America great again. So, Leah, I know this is kind of off topic from that clip where he's saying we can't let the communists get away with this. But I don't know. I guess it's still on topic. Do you think that Donald Trump is as aware and active as he needs to be to fight election fraud going into 2024? Because I believe that he definitely feels like he's going to win, that he should win. He's planning on winning. But in order to actually win, 
he's going to have to fight them on a massive scale from election fraud. Do you think he's putting efforts there that we don't know about? So we do know that there are efforts on election fraud, but we also know that that they are trying to fight. Uh, some of the Republicans are trying to trying to fight fire with fire with ballot harvesting. Um, and but here's the thing: we I don't know if you guys know this, but in Wisconsin they had a Republican-led Supreme Court due to some I I would say some some shenanigans. They mm-hmm. lost that, and so without that that Supreme Court. They have a Republican-led legislature, which the legislature votes are much harder to um, to corrupt, and like the, each state individually. Exactly, and right now, even um, Kavanaugh and Roberts just um, ruled against what would be Republicans in some redistricting um, things in in some states like Ohio. And this could have some implications. I was listening to Steve Bannon. He said we could go from winning or, or gaining six to eight seats on districting to losing two, four, six to eight seats. And we, and I keep thinking about the we, and, and I and I, I do get emotionally a little bit involved when I hear the we's, when I hear Republicans could do this, this might happen over here. And then I have to stop and I have to pull myself back because how do we stay engaged in the political and the cultural issues at hand, but not continue on with their narrative of worry and fear with if we don't have the Republicans in place? Because we know right now that the Republicans in place aren't even aren't even half of them aren't even real Republicans, even two thirds of them probably aren't even real Republicans, especially like in our state legislatures. We are, we have been asleep while the Democrats have been putting in radical, radical leftists as Democrats and moderate Democrats as Republicans. Exactly. So there's a whole host of things that need to be revamped. And I think it takes wisdom and I think it takes prayer and, and no, I, we're no, we have to fight this in the spiritual realm with the power of God. I'm saying is Trump. Do you think he's doing anything? specifically i don't know i i, I that i, I don't, don't know either i do what do you guys think leave it in the comments after the fact yeah i want to hear her. i do know that when it comes to a lot of the issues on the persecution you know the bible says to take the log out of your own eye before you take the splinter out of somebody else's and trump actually could have dropped all the charges on julian assange and i would say this if Trump had dropped the charges on Julian Assange, then WikiLeaks would still probably be coming out very hard against the Democrats yeah. and against the military-industrial complex. And in, in that, Julian Assange would have provided cover for Donald Trump. Now, why didn't he do that? And I'm going to give you two words in their names. Mike Pompeo. Mm-hmm. Mike Pompeo, this smiley, Winnie the Pooh type guy, okay, who, the, this is one of Trump's weaknesses. He loves nice guys. I was listening to, who was I listening to? When it came, it might have been Alex Jones or or one of these guys who said that Mike Pompeo was the suck up. Oh, come he on. He was in the That's White House. That's what I'm saying. He would, he, would be, he would be the guy saying, you look good today. Mm-hmm. You're doing good today. Mm-hmm. You got this going on today. You got the, you know, your hair's looking good. Hey, and he'd go in and he'd smile. Why? Because He is a trained CIA agent. And he is still in that role, though. So we're going to watch a clip, uh, and I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. In our second half of our show, when you guys watch the after show off of Brighton, I'm going to play a clip with Robert Kennedy Jr. So we'll just skip that one? 
that's not, we don't have that okay, lined up okay. for today. We have another one lined up for Robert Kennedy Jr. But he talks about how the CIA took out his uncle. Oh, okay? yeah. Mm-hmm. So the CIA is still the CIA, just like we just talked about how Ishtar is still some Ishtar, right? So the CIA plant, the idea was to get people around Trump to control him. And Mike Pompeo is one of those guys that he knew that if Julian Assange were allowed to speak freely, then then Mike Pompeo would go down and the whole CIA would go down. And so Trump's got to wake up to a lot of these these facts. Exactly. Now, you know how we take down the enemy with the power of God and by supporting the Bride Bride Store. There is a Father's Day sale going on right now. They have free shipping on orders over $99, okay, Okay. up to 55% off. And if you spend over $195, then you get a free survival cord, right? So they got a whole things, a whole host of things on sale. Go to the Brighteon store, use promo code CHICKS, support dad. It's a win-win-win. You're supporting Mike Adams, you're supporting Brighteon TV, you're supporting Resistance Chicks, and you're getting awesome stuff for dad. Like, I don't know why it doesn't get any better than that. So that's what y'all need to do. Go to thebrighteonstore.com, use promo code CHICKS, and don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these amazing messages from our sponsors. If you don't want to eat GMOs and pesticides in your storable food, choose organic, lab-tested, storable food solutions from the Health Ranger store. We are the only emergency food manufacturer in the world that subjects each of our ingredients to rigorous laboratory testing that covers herbicides, heavy metals, aflatoxins, identity testing, and bacteria tests, including E. coli, salmonella, yeast, and mold. At healthrangerstore.com, you'll find certified organic, lab-tested, freeze-dried fruits, microalgae superfoods, protein powders, and supplements. We offer emergency first aid colloidal silver products made with Texas rainwater. And our Ranger buckets feature an impressive assortment of organic storable food items professionally vacuum sealed in heavy duty bags that are stacked in rugged buckets for long-term storage. Check out our preparedness foods, supplements, personal care, and emergency first aid products at healthrangerstore.com. A huge shout out to Brideon. So much talent in this in this room, in the organization, the freedom of speech, and you guys are helping usher in an era of flying cars. Phenomenal. Brideon for a brighter future. All about it. Hey guys, it's the Resistance Chicks, Leah and Michelle here, and I want to tell you that you need to be going to Brighteon.tv and watching every program that's on there. You need to be going to Brighteon.com and watching all of the different podcasters that are on there, and you need to be going to Brighteonstore.com and purchasing everything that you can there because Mike Adams, Alan Keyes, and the entire crew behind Brighteon TV and Brighteon.com, we are taking this thing to the end of the line, and we are going to win it. And we are going to serve the Lord, and God's going to be shown victorious. So thank you for staying. Thank you for supporting. Brighteon's the best. That's where it's at, and it's going to rise to the top. We love you guys. God bless. Your own government has the power to activate a kill switch on all telecommunications, instantly shutting down all private phone calls and texts. An EMP weapon or solar flare can achieve the same result. Rolling blackouts or permanent power outages will also take out the power supply to cell tower antennas, rendering mobile devices all but useless. During these emergencies, how do you stay in touch with the important people in your life anywhere on the planet? The answer is the Bivy Stick at sat123.com. The Bivy Stick is a two-way satellite text messaging device that uses a satellite constellation, not cell towers, to send and receive text messages. It works anywhere on planet Earth, 
including in war zones or blackout areas. In unpredictable times, the Bivy Stick helps you stay connected when it matters most. Visit sat123.com to get one while Can I just tell you how awesome the people at um, Brighton are? Like just right now we're having conversations with the producers and they're saying, well, I like being on God's team. This is the kind of stuff yes. that you're supporting. Like yes. they, they're like, oh, we do this because it's for a good cause. All this stuff, the headline news with the resistance chicks, all these, the banners that, you know, talking about the pizza gate and the pedophile network, all that stuff. They actually have to do that. These are real live people that are doing it and putting their hearts and their souls into bringing you guys the latest truth news as it happens and you really can't get it anywhere else like this i don't know of any uh you know programming that's like all day like this yeah that actually gives you the truth because whether you're watching newsmax or some of the other fox news you're not going to get some of the stuff that you're going to get on bright end no not anywhere you're not and here's the deal you may not get what we're about to talk about next you know uh, in the this this 2024 race there's a lot of candidates and there's a lot of people that are talking about Robert Kennedy Jr. You know what? I am so glad he's in this race. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to vote for him because he's a Democrat. And he has, not because he's a Democrat, not that I'm afraid of the D. I don't like his policies on socialism abortion. and abortion yeah. and things like that. However, giving an option on the other side that uh, is going to cause other Democrats to wake up to what's going on and maybe go, wait, you know what? I don't think Joe Biden's the best candidate. Yeah. I love that. And causing Democrats to question, wait, Robert Robert Kennedy Jr., I like a lot of his policies. He's questioning the vaccine. I actually you know, I love that. kind of see him as the Trump of the Democrat Party. Yeah. So as much as Trump does lean left, you guys have to know this. He is Trump is not a hardcore right-wing Republican. Exactly. Um, Robert Kennedy Jr. is leaning right. Yeah. And he is changing some of his views on things. Like even uh, when it comes to gun control, he's like, that's settled. It's in the Constitution. You have a right to bear arms. Love it. Very interesting there. So I like that he's being pulled more to uh, the right. So I I do like that. It's a very interesting conversation. It's like when we're talking to Tulsi Gabbard. um, But I will, I'll be honest on my assessment of Tulsi Gabbard. I do think that she, she's polished. I don't really trust her as much as, as, Robert Kennedy Jr. just kind of is. Yeah. You know what I mean? When he's telling stories and all these different things, he just kind of is. So he recognizes that they, there's another clip that came out today where he said that he is careful because he knows that they could, they're coming from. They they killed his his uncle. Yeah, exactly. Come on, man. So he is known for the children. Children's Health Defense, which has gone pretty much right wing. Mm-hmm. His whole organization doesn't care, yeah. right? The people in his organization have gone right wing. Like some of the people like Polly. Polly Tommy. And um, who's the other chick? I can't remember with the with the dark hair. She's always on Bannon. Um, she's like kind of the spokeswoman there. She used to be a Democrat. They are leaning right. They're they like it's cool to watch them being red pilled like on abortion and immigration and all these things right before our eyes. Like these are the kind of people, these rational people who you can have a conversation with because on one particular issue, if you get a truth on that and you start to talk to those people who have that truth, which is vaccines, then well, what about abortion? And what about this? And what about that? So it's very cool. I like this clip I want to show you because Robert Kennedy Jr. went on with Joe Rogan. 
And in this clip with Joe Rogan, he talks about how no one will debate him on vaccines, which I find um, bizarre because if your position is that strong, then you would think you would just come in. And some people, I guess, say that they won't debate him because he's too strong of a debate. He would be too strong as a debater. I'm like, dude already has a handicap with his voice. If you can't beat him in a debate, then your argument holds no substance whatsoever. Exactly. So let's roll this clip. You All these controversial opinions that you have, have you had anyone debate you publicly about any of these? They, nobody will debate me. For 18 years, nobody will debate me. In fact, I've scheduled many, many debates, and I've asked Hotez many, many times to debate me. And I think you've asked him, here, why don't you debate Robert Kennedy? And he said, because he's a cunning lawyer or something like that. Mm, but, um, yeah. but I've debated Hotez on the telephone with uh, you know, with kind of a referee, and uh, you know, I, his his science is 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 just made up. He cannot stand by it. He can't cite studies. Well, he was trying to tell me that vaccines don't cause autism. I said, yeah, okay, and his well, daughter well, has I, autism, and yeah. he wrote a book. Yeah. That, but I know, asked my him. daughter doesn't have that didn't get her autism from a vaccine. But I've read that book, and there is no science cited in that book. It's just him saying, you know, it didn't happen. And listen. I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody, and I and God bless him, and God bless that little girl. Here. But this is and, my point that I, I asked him what does, and he said yeah. there's a, a few there's environmental factors they're aware of. I go, what are those? And he couldn't cite them. Yeah. Like how can you be so sure to say this definitely doesn't? But you're telling me there's a bunch of environmental factors that do cause it, and we're aware of those factors, but you're not aware of them, and you're an expert in this. Yeah. How is that possible? You're a, I mean, that, that's the main. He's a that, health expert. That's the big question that anybody who says it's not the vaccines, I'm like, okay, fine. But they don't want. If you but say it's me, not the vaccines, people go, ah, oh, yeah. good. That's that's what I wanted to hear. That's yeah, what I wanted to hear. What is it? When you say it is the vaccines, people go, oh my god, I don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear it, yeah. and they get angry. They get angry at you, and they go, oh, mm -hmm. tin foil hat conspiracy theorist, and the Connecticut State Legislature was debating was um, had a bill to end the religious exemptions for you know childhood vaccines in Connecticut and the uh, head of the Democratic Party and the legislature asked me to come out and debate and he called back and said there's gonna be four of them and you each get six minutes and I said that's all I need and uh, it's not fair but it's all I need and so I fly out on a red eye I get to the state house and it's me and four empty chairs Somebody told them, or they all decided, I don't know, not to show up. And that's happened to me again and again and again and again. I agree to debates, and it seems like somebody gets a message. But, you know, who knows? It's obscure. No, but nobody in 18 years has been willing to debate me. The trust the experts is not a function of science. That's yeah. the opposite of science. Tr tr trusting the experts is a function of religion. It's not an and totalitarianism. Well, it's especially not a function of science or democracy. Oh, that was so good. Trusting that kind of trust is yeah. a function of religion. religion. It is not science. Yeah, trust what Paul says. Science. Trust what Paul says. But question everything else. And you know what, J Thomas Jefferson said, question even the existence of God. Question ask, look, and you'll find the right answers. And so when you do not ever trust anyone, my mom always said this, don't trust anyone who says, trust me. 
Okay. You back away because they are not trust giving anything, you anything except for God back away because they're not giving you a proper argument for, for their reasoning. You have to say that you can only listen to somebody once they've given you all the facts, all the information, and they're open to listening to. Exactly. So, yeah, I love that he's talking about vaccines. I love that vaccines are part of this conversation in general because they've been harming kids for so many years. We know a lot of kids who are vaccine injured. And the problem with these vaccine injuries is they mess with your gut or they'll put aluminum in your brain. And then uh, what would have been or might have been a treatable childhood illness that you're trying to prevent or something like a childhood illness that you, you would want to get, like chickenpox. You're, you're stuck with an autistic child for the rest of your life. And so I'm not saying that some of these things aren't hard and they, and they can kill. I mean, whooping cough is, a, is, is pretty tough and some it does kill children. Um, measles can be really tough. It can be. Uh, I didn't have measles. I don't know if I had the measles vaccine. I had chicken pox. You probably had the measles vaccine. Yeah. So... There's, there are some things that are really difficult to get through, and these are conversations that we need to have, and that's why we need to have but natural the fact that remedies, no one will discussions. Yeah, we need to have discussions on what would happen if measles came back, or um, it, what, 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 why did measles go away? Did it go away because of the vaccine, or, or did it go away because of cleanliness? You but know, you know that stating something doesn't actually mean that you are that you can debate. And they do this with the gender bending and mm -hmm. all of that. They just state something as if it is fact. And even if it is a fact, the sky is blue. Stating that the sky is blue is not an argument for debating about the sky being blue. Why you need to have blue? their facts to back up why the sky is blue. Exactly. Why is a rain? Why do you see rainbows? Why do you see different colors of different? Yeah. Tell me, Mr. Scientist. All right. So. Uh, this was a really cool clip from uh, a Ron DeSantis meeting in Florida where we learned that there is a grand jury in Florida impaneled against uh, those who, uh, the evil ones who started all the lockdown policies. We can say whatever we want because we're on Brighteon. The right. jury, listen, he, it says Florida has a grand jury out investigating the COVID response. It's that simple. So let's listen to what Ron has to say about why this is going on. Uh, yes, Governor, Chris Nelson, a, um, a study has just come out showing that in 2022, Pfizer actually knew that there was a 13,200% increase in myocarditis cases for people who took their vaccine. A lot of people are wondering, when are these guys going to be held accountable? When are people going to be held accountable for Operation Warp Speed? And should Dr. Fauci possibly have his assets seized like any drug lord would? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I mean, so first of all, Florida is the only state in the country that is doing anything about this. So we petitioned the Florida Supreme Court to impanel a statewide grand jury in January. That grand jury was seated in February, uh, and it is investigating. And I think precisely that type of data is what's needed. And so this is a, a criminal jury. It's an investigative jury. Uh, in Florida, they can produce reports, they can recommend legal action. It's, a, it's an important tool. So we're the only, uh, I'm the only governor that's done anything about this. If you look at those studies that were provided uh, in, in December of 2020, they said you had 100% effectiveness with MNRA COVID jabs. That is not true. We know it's not true. How do we know? Because we had so many people get it and then you had Delta variant, you had all this stuff happening 
and they've never been honest about any of this stuff. And I think Florida's Department of Health is the only one that's even looked at any of the incidents like myocarditis. We've seen an increase in Florida, particularly with men under the age of 40. So that's just the reality. And I think the idea that somehow you just sweep everything under the rug when people were not uh, told the truth, uh, that doesn't fly. So, so these people have not learned any lessons and make no mistake, if we don't bring accountability to bear on Fauci, on CDC, on NIH, on all these, on all these corrupted institutions, they are gonna do it again. And it will happen again. And so, so I'm really glad to hear DeSantis come out and talk like this and to be putting these steps into action. However, there is always the odd chance that the only reason that he's coming out hard against the vaccines is because Trump is behind them. It depends. He hired uh, Dr. Joseph Lopato. Yeah, he, he was, was one of the frontline front line doctors. doctors. And so back in December, they issued a uh, an announcement that they were going to establish the Public Health Com Integrity Committee. The committee will be overseen by uh, Lopato to assess future uh, to assess federal public health recommendations and guidance to ensure that Florida's public health policies are tailored to Florida's communities and priorities. And they filed a petition for a statewide grand jury to investigate crimes and wrongdoings committed against Floridians related to the COVID-19 vaccine. And then leading further surveillance into sudden deaths of individuals that received the COVID-19 vaccine in Florida. Based on autopsy results, the state will collaborate with the University of Florida to compare research with studies done in other countries. So other, why isn't any other state doing this? Because if you add the, the world's biggest problem, COVID, Shouldn't we investigate if there were crimes done? And we know that we know that there's victims. We know there was victims in the hospitals. I think Florida got hit really hard and the treatments in the hospitals, not allowing people to have ivermectin. And what he also said in that video was that um, they don't leak. In Florida, they don't leak. And mm. so we will receive an update soon, but they haven't leaked any. That's good. Updates. So that's really good. Speaking of leaking updates, the House is leaking updates on their investigation into the whole family of the Bidens. Uh, and Representative Comer says that they're up to probably 20 or 30 million dollars that is that has been uh, acquired by the, the Biden families and a pay for play scheme. Let's run this. If this is all true about a sitting president when he was vice president, influence peddling, accepting money from uh, foreign nationals so that he could turn around and, and, and make changes in policy uh, for America so he could pocket the money. If that's true, why isn't he impeached already? And if it's true that the FBI is doing nothing about it, why isn't Christopher Wray on his heels as well? Uh, those are great questions I ask every day. Look, Christopher Wray. Uh, has no control over the FBI. One thing that I've learned from dealing with Grassley's whistleblowers is that this is an, a, an organization in disarray. No one has confidence in leadership at the top. You have bureaucrats, deep state bureaucrats who are running the show. They're partisan. They want to get Donald Trump. Uh, they don't care what Joe Biden does because Joe Biden can be controlled. So we have issues with the FBI, but my investigation is about 
following the money. We're going to continue to follow the money. And Maria, I can assure you, there's more money that we're going to be able to identify that that was transferred between foreign nationals in other countries and the Biden family. This is going to be hard for Joe Biden to explain, and it's not going to go away. This is going to be an issue. And I think eventually the mainstream media will, will turn on Joe Biden and start asking the real questions. What did your family do to receive all this money? What number are you up to now? How much have you identified of the money he's taken in from foreign? We have more bank. We have more bank records coming in, but I, but we're going to exceed 10 million this okay. week, right. and I think we'll get up between 20 and 30 million dollars. Okay, thank. You. you know what this feels like, Leah? Like the presidential uh, run for 2024. So far, we were predicting that they would they would they would have already dumped Joe Biden. Okay, he's a liability. I think that they, no. they, they there was some discussions out. and they were like, out. they got scared and they're like, and, and, and they couldn't get it fast enough. And they just, just, just stick with Joe. Just stick with Joe. I don't know what we're going to do. Just stick with Joe. No, I think that they're sticking with Joe right now. So they have a savior you, riding in. You think on so? On a white horse. Oh, yeah. Think I think so? Oh, I think this is all. I feel I think like there's part of the plan. chaos going on over there. I think this is all. I do think this is part of their okay. plan to keep Joe right where he's at. And then they'll position their their savior Democrat because I think it has to come here. It has to come before the year's end, though. Like it has to come probably by the fall. If it doesn't, if their savior doesn't come in by the fall, they don't have one. I don't. I don't know because I think that like when you see with the uh, UK politics, sometimes you don't want a popular vote. Sometimes mm. you just want to put your guy in there. That's true. Don't give people a chance to research the person. Just be like, well, Joe can't do it, so vote for me. Yeah, okay. it's either or vote. I don't know what they're gonna do if he has to drop out of the race. I think that would be very interesting. I think it'll be a quick turnaround that we'll see somebody else take his place. Okay. I do. That's what I think. All right. Uh, I want to play this uh, last clip for you. Megan Fox has turned all three of her children into, all three of her boys into girls. This is not normal. Does anybody even know who she is? If you don't remember the original Transformers movie that came out, like, I don't know, 15 years ago. She's She's an actress. And she's also a witch. She's a witch. Like a bona fide self-proclaimed one. She is a, All right, she's this a is going to be a wild, a wild one. Let's take a listen. Robbie Starbuck, who's a former congressional candidate from the state of Tennessee, he's also very prominent on Twitter and in the conservative movement, shared a Twitter thread. I want to bring this up because I want to read this to you. Shared a Twitter thread that went viral this weekend. He said, these are Megan Fox's sons. We used to live in the same gated community and our kids played at the park. I saw two of them have a full-on, and he's talking about Megan Fox's kids, two of Megan Fox's kids, her sons, have a full-on breakdown saying they were forced by their mom to wear girls' clothes as their nanny tried to console them. It's pure child abuse, Robbie Starbuck said. Pray for them. Now, this, this Twitter thread, that particular tweet, has been viewed on Twitter nearly 10 million times, and he posted a, a, a second tweet attached as a thread to add more context. He said, more context. This was around five years ago. So they were younger than they are in this picture. There were other witnesses. There was another witness plus the nanny when the boys did this. It started with one and then the other chimed in. The third child was not involved. We knew California wouldn't do anything about it because the state celebrates this stuff and she's famous. Weirder wrinkle to this, Robbie Starbucks says, I worked with Megan once on a small shoot about a year or so before she moved into our community, and she was very nice to me. So I was shocked when this happened later on. Just a very weird situation, but clearly those boys weren't happy. I never said anything publicly because they were so young and I thought it would stop because they were vocally expressing their desire to wear quote unquote boy clothes. 
We moved to Tennessee shortly after, and I saw this photo of the boys going around online this week. Really sad it didn't stop back then and wish there was more we could have done back then, but there really wasn't anything we could do in California. Then he posts this third tweet and says, and to the community note someone tried to write saying only one of her kids has worn girls clothing. That's not true. See below. And this is the photograph of her children when they were younger, her children being her sons, both wearing girls clothes. Now, of course, they all three have extremely long hair, long hair that typically only girls have hair that long, especially at that age. Now, Megan Fox responded to Robbie Starbucks viral Twitter thread. And let me bring up her response. This is, it's a, it's a two slide Instagram post. The first slide is a screenshot of Robbie Starbucks tweet. And then this, and then her description underneath says this, Hey, Robbie Starbuck, I really don't want to give you this attention because clearly you're a clout chaser, but let me teach you something. Irregardless, she said, not a word, Megan, irregardless of how desperate you may become at any given time to acquire wealth, power, success, or fame, never use children as leverage or social currency, especially under um, erroneous pretense. Exploiting my children's gender identity to gain attention in your political campaign has put you on the wrong side of the universe. She said, I have been burned at the stake by insecure, narcissistic, impotent little men like you many times, and yet I'm still here. You effed with the wrong witch. If it, I mean, that gives me the chills to read that because it shows you that she is completely bought into a satanic ideology. She identifies as a witch. She's also doing the classic Marxist tactic of accusing her opponent of doing exactly what she's doing. The reason that the radical left, and this is a tactic that they, that they co-opted from the Marxists, the reason they do this is because it's a lot easier uh, or it's a lot more difficult to, um, it's a lot more difficult for the person being accused to be like, nah, you're doing it. So this is something that um, it's actually in rules for radicals. In rules for radicals, he suggests that if you point at someone and say, you are using children as leverage, even if you're the one doing it, it's a lot harder for the person you accuse to be like, nah, that's what you're doing. Just human nature, we tend not to believe the person that says, nah, that's what you're doing. So the fact there, that she calls herself a witch. There was a picture, actually, she tweeted that, uh, of a naked woman um, like doing witchcraft out, and said that me outside of Robbie Starbucks' home doing like some sort of incantation. But she never addressed in the tweet about what she was doing to her kids. No, I know. And that's what they always do. They always deflect and never answer the question. But you always get your questions answered right here on Brighteon.tv with the Resistance Chicks every week on Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're so glad that you came. So glad that you joined us. Now, we always do an after show. You can check out ResistanceChicks.com and uh, watch it later at your at, at your leisure. Always stay tuned to the Brighteon Network as well. But we love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. And I think that Michelle Swinnick is up next. So stay tuned. We'll see you guys next time. God bless. Line News with Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle, coming hot off of Brighteon.tv's 6 o'clock show every week. Yes. It's always fire. Awesome. Fire. These girls are on fire. Yep. The news is on fire this week, though. Yeah, man. Tiger we was on fire this week. You know, he finally, you know, we've been decrying Fox for a long time, but he was under a million-dollar contract, and you might not say what you want to say mm -hmm. if you were under a million-dollar contract. I like to think that I would. Well, I, yeah, I would leave the million-dollar contract. Exactly. But now that he's not, then, uh, you know, he's come out and... <laughs>
He is throwing. He is. He's exposing Fox for when they're doing stupid things, and they did a stupid thing. Mm. They've they, done multitudes. They of did stupid a stupid things. thing. Do you have that clip? Um, Which the, one? The Robert Kennedy Jr. No, one? I need the four-minute clip. I need the. I mean the episode four. Oh yeah. Do you have the? Uh, you want me just to play it right here? Yeah, let's play it. Let's play it here. You guys can see. We're gonna play you uh, part of Tucker Carlson's. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. On Tuesday afternoon, the Biden administration had Donald Trump arrested. It was a pretty big news story. You may have seen it. Just before 9 p.m. that night, as part of its coverage, Fox News ran two live video feeds next to one another. On the right, Donald Trump addressed his supporters in New Jersey. On the left, Joe Biden spoke at an event for the Secretary General of NATO in Washington. Beneath those videos at the bottom of the screen, Fox's banner read this way, quote, wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. Those words were up for less than 30 seconds, but the effect was immediate. Inside Fox, the women who run the network panicked. First, they scolded the producer who put the banner on the screen. Less than 24 hours after that, he resigned. He'd been at Fox for more than a decade. He was considered one of the most capable people in the building. He offered to stay for the customary two weeks, but Fox told him to clear out his desk and leave immediately. Then the company issued a public apology for the 27 second long wannabe dictator line. Quote, the Chiron was taken down immediately, Fox's PR department said. Suggesting that Biden is a dictator, declared the Washington Post, quote, cross the line. Alexander Vindman agreed strongly. On Twitter, he demanded that the Pentagon pull Fox News from all military bases. Of course, Joe Biden's not a wannabe dictator. Just because he's trying to put the other candidate in prison for the rest of his life for a crime he himself committed doesn't mean he has a totalitarian impulse. Come on, that's absurd. It takes a lot more than jailing your political rivals to earn the title wannabe dictator. That's the consensus in Washington tonight. The one thing that all dictators have in common is they enrich themselves and their families, their tribe, even as the countries they govern grow steadily poorer and more desperate. They take kickbacks from businesses and from other dictators. They use the official functions of their government to funnel cash to themselves. They don't bother to hide the fruits of this. They live in garish mansions with big lawns far from the teeming cities. Nor does Joe Biden dress like a dictator. He doesn't do photo ops and mirrored sunglasses driving a sports car to convince you that he isn't frail and senile, but instead powerful, virile and wise. That's just not his style. If Joe Biden was a dictator, he'd be wearing epaulets and carrying a tasseled riding crop. And he isn't yet. So calm down. If he was a dictator, Biden's speeches would look like Nuremberg rallies. A blood red backdrop, armed soldiers by his side, screaming about crushing his eternal enemies. Honestly, Biden did come close to that one time last September at a speech in Philadelphia. But it wasn't in any sense dictatory. Dic okay. So Leah thought I had a longer, the whole 14 minute clip. That's the exact same clip that we just played on Variety on TV. So if you're watching the combo show afterwards, you're like, wait, didn't we just watch this? Yes, you did. Um, I can find it and we can play no, the No, 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 we're good. Uh, you need to do, I needed you guys to see that. I was actually just gonna uh, have you guys see a little bit more. Jo uh, John Cusack had come out and said, Fox News should be taken off uh, 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 like the world. And, and it's so funny because like, there's nothing like saying you're a dictator than having Vidman or John, John Cusack or any other people saying, 
They can't say that about the president. They can't call him a wannabe dictator for 27 seconds on a Chiron right there. Oh my gosh, Fox News shouldn't even be allowed to exist. How dare you call the president a wannabe dictator? As a reminder, Cusack is an actor and Vinman is the quote-unquote um, anonymous whistleblower about the Ukraine call between Trump and Zelensky. Yeah, so... Just so y'all can remember. Nothing says, uh, I'm not a dictator, like... Let's get rid and don't let anybody question rid of and don't let anybody question what we Let's who get we are. rid of my political opponent. Yeah, let's go ahead and if you can find my Byron Donald's clip over here, um, he says, "I thought uh, this was a uh, this this was a criminal case to be taken seriously, not something to be weaponized by the media." And obviously, the indictment on Trump has been weaponized by the media. It's not a, a serious criminal case whatsoever. Look, I think the governor's comments are absolutely correct. There has to be one standard. And the reality is, is that the political brass of the Department of Justice and the FBI has not had one standard. It's catch as catch can. It's all over the place. You know, it's what's the old quote is uh, from my friends, everything and from my enemies, the law. That is what's happened in the United States. And it's wrong. Hillary Clinton should have been prosecuted under the Espionage Act. Her emails wound up on the computer of Anthony Weiner, and the only reason we knew that is because he was being investigated for child pornography. That is what happened. You could talk about Sandy Berger. You could talk about so many other instances where the Department of Justice and the FBI either ignored it or gave it a slap on the wrist. Heck, the current president of the United States, Joe Biden, had documents from when he was a United States Senator. I'm a United States Congressman. I can't walk out of the skiff with classified information. If I do that, I could be prosecuted under the Espionage Act. And so what has happened in our country is wrong. They've chosen to play politics of the worst kind because it's Donald Trump. And I will repeat, the only reason this has become a criminal probe is because the White House counsel allowed the Department of Justice to expand it. This is all supposed to be under the Presidential Records Act, where President Trump and his team are supposed to be working with NARA over a five-year period to go through all of his documents. And, and one quick thing. People say, well, he should have been working with NARA. Of course. Do you know how many documents a president of the United States leaves with? You think a president has time before he leaves the White House to go through all his documents? That doesn't even make any sense because he's still running the country until January 20, noon on January 20. He's still running the country every single day. It takes them time to go through all their materials. That's why the Presidential Records Act gives ex-presidents and ex-vice presidents, for that matter, a five-year period to go through their documents and work with NARA. Hmm. Well Look, I said. Think hmm. 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 You know, it's it just smells a little bit funny, doesn't it? It smells a little bit funny. I've got a clip over here. Remember uh, when? Here are the re I have um. See, here are the receipts on Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton's emails held info beyond top secret. Emails from Hillary Clinton's home server contained information classified at higher levels than previously known, including a level meant to protect some of the most sensitive U.S. intelligence. Let's let's go down some. Let's go down memory lane here. When I was a, a, a these individuals destroyed documents pursuant or or took it out of federal custody pursuant to our subpoena and our discovery. As a result, they committed crimes. My question to you is, when I was a, a, a chairman and I wanted to grant immunity to somebody, I had to go notice the Department of Justice, and you were consulted. Isn't that correct? In a particular matter? In any matter. 
I don't know whether the FBI is consulted in that circumstance. Okay. For, your, for the record, yes. The Department of Justice does not grant immunity without checking with federal law enforcement to see whether it will impact any ongoing investigation. That's the reason we have a requirement to give notice. When the reverse was occurring, you were granting, handing out like candy, according to some, uh, immunity. Did you, or to your knowledge, Department of Justice, uh, confer with Chairman uh, Goodlatte, Chairman Chaffetz, Chairman Smith, or any of the other chairmen who had ongoing subpoenas and investigations? Not to my knowledge. So isn't there a double standard that when you granted immunity to these five individuals, you took them out of the reach of prosecution for crimes committed related to destruction of documents or withholding or other crimes pursuant to congressional subpoenas? I don't think anybody was given transactional immunity. Oh, really? Now, we have not allowed to make your immunities public, but I'm going to take the privilege of making one part of it public. I read them. You gave immunity from destruction to both of those attorneys, not just turning them over, the documents over, specifically destruction. You did the same thing with these other, these other two individuals, uh, Brian and, uh, and Paul Cabetta. Uh, you gave them immunity from destruction. Wow. So this is absolutely insane. And I think it's good for us to remember, right? James Comey said that he was investigating Hillary Clinton on her email server. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then he went around in this investigation and he started to give away immunity for in exchange for testimony. Do you know the only time that prosecutors give immunity is when you're actually going to bring a case? You don't bring immunity unless you're going to bring a case. And so what he did was he used this whole po this whole position. This is something that nobody's really talking about. Did you hear he said that they had immunity from destruction of evidence? Come on. So this is a witch hunt, except for the witch was back in 2016 with Hillary Clinton. Craziness absolute craziness you know earlier we were talking about this entire thing against trump and i was talking about you know do you think he's got plans for election fraud and all of that now i will pose to you the question leah do you think he has plans for how to get through this the indictment and all of that i don't know i don't know uh, he's got lawyers and the, the the indictment how confident do you think that trump is that he's going to get off and 100%. get out of this confident and do you think he should be i think that they don't have anything on him right yeah but think that doesn't mean anything i mean we watched what happened with the j5 plus one people no but they had things i mean seriously they went into the capitol you know what i mean like there were there was a tinge of something right so there was an actual riot there that day um they falsely arrested people who weren't there that day Okay, but they haven't arrested anybody that wasn't there that day. That they haven't. There's no trial for somebody. You mean there's uh, well, no trial? that was um, yes, they have. Yes, they, Rhodes was he? No, but he was there. He just didn't go into the Capitol. No, there was somebody that wasn't even there. Oh, that was the other Proud Boy guy, the yeah. Enrique, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. No, I think that they don't have anything on Trump, and I don't think that they need to have anything on Trump. The idea about getting Trump is to just wear it out. And to make there be a semblance that they're doing something to get him, 
Okay, they want these trials. There, there are so many trials against Trump. This is just one. There'll be another one. Then there'll be another one. Then there'll be another one. Then there'll be another one because they know that they can't take him out because then that he would be a martyr. Speaking of that, JFK Jr. has said he must be careful the CIA doesn't assassinate him. So he goes on Joe Rogan, and there's actually a, a clip here, Michelle. It's a five-minute clip. I want you to play this clip because Robert Kennedy Jr. discusses how JFK tried to kind of curtail my and uncle bring back John the Kennedy. military industrial complex. And at the end of the clip, he says, yeah, I do have to be careful. I know that they want to take me out. You know, did that. He he refused to go to war. So he, he was surrounded by military industrial complex and... Um, and he learned very early in, in an intelligence apparatus that he realized early on that the purpose of the CIA and the intelligence apparatus was to create a constant pipeline of new wars for the, for the military industrial complex. The day, three days before he took the oath of office, Eisenhower, who was the outgoing president, gave what is probably the most important speech in American history, which was, you know, where he warned against the military industrial complex. I was at my uncle's inauguration. I was in Washington that day as a, you know, a six-year-old boy. And I was sitting on the stands behind him, in front of him during his inauguration. And he understood that. And two months later, the military and intelligence came to him and said, we got it. Uh, we got to invade Cuba. And he was like, I'm not going to Cuba and I'm not going to let the military. And they said, well, we got all these Cubans trained and they're going to go attack Castro. And he said, well, we're, we can't, the U.S. government can't be doing that. We can't be attacking. We, we, I don't like what Castro is doing down there, but the, it's not the United States job to dictate what kind of governments other countries have. And they said, uh, well, as soon as they land, there's going to be a, a big revolution. Everybody's going to rise up and they're going to overthrow Castro. And he said, well, you can't use the U.S. military. And they ended up bringing those guys over with uh, United Fruit boats. And, and in the middle of it, in the night, they came to him and said, they're getting wiped out on the beach and you need to send in the military and invade. And he said, we're not going to do it. And he, he stepped out of that meeting and he realized they had been lying to him and trying to trick him. And he said, I want to take the CIA and shatter it into a thousand pieces and scatter it to the winds. And um, and then, you know, for the next a thousand days of his presidency, he was at war with his military and, and, and intelligence apparatus. They tried to get him to go into Laos. He said, no. They tried to get him to go into Vietnam with combat troops. They said that we need 250,000 combat troops. He refused. Everybody around him wanted him to go into Vietnam. He sent 16,000 military advisors. as fewer people than he sent to get James Meredith into Ole Miss in Jackson, Mississippi, to get one black man into school. He sent fewer in Vietnam. They weren't allowed to fight. Many of them did. They violated the rules of engagement. In October of 1963, he heard that some of his Green Berets have been killed over there. And he said, I want a total casualty list from Vietnam. And his aide came to him and said, 75 Americans have died. And he said, that's too many. And he signed that day a national security order ordering all troops out of Vietnam, U.S. troops. The first thousand over the next month, and then the rest by the beginning of 1965. 
and um, and then a, w a month later he was killed. So, um, but what his view was is that he believed that the view of Americans abroad should not be, you know, a soldier with a gun. It should be a Peace Corps volunteer building, you know, wells, and it should be USAID helping poor people, and it should be Alliance for Progress building middle class. And that's what he did. And he just started the Kennedy Milk Program to, to you know, give nutrition to poor kids all over the world. As a result of that, in Africa today, there are more statues to John Kennedy, more boulevards named after him, more hospitals, schools, universities, avenues, and all the major cities named after him than any other president. And that is the, 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 the Chinese have taken that template and done the same thing now. And they are, you know, all these countries that were supposedly allied with us are now realigning with the Chinese and they're switching to their currency because the Chinese are not there to kill people. They're there, you know, to, to build roads, to build universities, to build colleges. And it turns out that people like that a lot more. And, you know, we should be projecting economic power around the globe and not military power. It will make us much stronger. But what do you think happens when you get into office? Like if you're, you're, you're talking about your uncle who's assassinated and you believe the intelligence agencies were a part of that, what happens to you? Well, I gotta be careful. And I'm aware of that and I'm not, you know, I, I'm aware of the, of that danger and, uh, you know, I don't live in fear of it, um, you know, at all, but I'm not stupid about it and I take precautions. All right. So <laughs> I wouldn't want to be Robert Kennedy Jr. right now. He is definitely one of those guys on the front lines. And he is in the fight. And so I'm very grateful, My honestly, uncle, for him. Kennedy. And if you guys want to uh, learn more about the JFK assassination, I don't know if I've got it. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it's up there in the corner. The Treasonous Cabal by our friend Barry Jones. You can get on Amazon. It's definitely a must read. I've never read a more interesting historical book than that one. Um, and we are in this moment, yeah, where I think that they are trying to take Donald Trump out in the same way that they tried to take out um, um, JFK because he was he's going against their military industrial complex. They have goals. They have um, things that they want to get done. And we were talking about in the last episode about Mike Pompeo. He is CIA. He was put there by Trump. And in my opinion, he was put there by Trump to make sure that uh, he, he kept in line and he, and he towed the line. But one of the reasons I think he was put there was to make sure that Julian Assange would not be pardoned. And that, because I think we all know that if Julian Assange were running WikiLeaks right now, honestly, I think the deep state would have been totally obliterated because um, WikiLeaks was dropping so much so fast. And I want to play this clip by uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, who says that he would actually oppose uh, pardon Julian Assange. And these are things that we need to talk about. And I'm hoping somebody can get to Donald Trump to explain to him a lot of these different issues that are coming, you know, coming from Ron DeSantis, who is, has a an, an grand jury impaneled on criminal um, things that may have been may have happened to Floridians. We know that they did uh, a lot of criminal things there. 
But when it comes to uh, Julian Assange, anybody who is is talking about pardoning him and letting him back out into the free world, um, listen to those guys because they are they're red pill. They they understand what's going on in in the world. Politicized prosecutions in this country. That's why I'm going to pardon Julian Assange without apology. I hope to actually visit him while he's in political exile in prison later this year, because this is an individual who did nothing other than publish the information that was leaked to him. Mm. That's what the DC press corps does every day. Right. Yet this individual was politically disfavored. Therefore, he was persecuted by prosecution. Mm -hmm. How do we know that? Chelsea Manning, the person who actually worked for the government who leaked that information, right. had her sentence commuted by mm. President Obama. Why? Why? Because Chelsea Manning is transgender, part of the yes. politically favored class. It's interesting how that yes. works. So one of the hallmarks of my presidency and the way I lead the Department of Justice will be that we actually believe in equal protection under the law and that the same rules apply to everyone. That if you're one president of a party and you retain documents that the National Archives want to hold, you shouldn't get prosecuted when a different president, when he was a former senator, did the same thing, mm. especially when he didn't have the power to declassify it. That's why I said that I would pardon President Trump if he is convicted on what looks to be some spurious charges looming against him from the DOJ, at least politically motivated ones. It's also why I've said that peaceful January 6th protesters will, under my watch, also be pardoned because that's a different standard than we've used for peaceful and even violent protesters for other political causes across the country, not to mention the due process violations. I think that in order to restore the rule of law in this country, we have to start practicing what we preach as the Department of Justice. And as the next US president, I will issue pardons accordingly. These are gonna be the kinds of issues that really separate the real GOP candidates representing the people versus those who are just spouting off the standard talking points. That part's easy. I want to see us do well on the hard stuff. Oh, that's so good. I want to see. I want to see us do well on the hard stuff. All right. So, some of you know that during uh, the show, I do these things called commercial breaks, where it's just a random thing that doesn't really have to do with anything. I'm not going to do a big giant monologue on it because it's just something just kind of weird that sticks out. So, this is a commercial break. Speaking of the real, tackling the really big things. So we have John Fetterman this week had some very profound thoughts on the collapse of I-95. There was a there was a bridge collapse. Um, a truck drove underneath of I-95 and kind of exploded right underneath the bridge. Uh, but let's hear what John Fetterman has to say about it. Earlier today, some uh, com some comments about uh, the uh, tragic uh, accident in uh, I-95. And if you want to make any comments with respect to that, feel feel free. You're recognized. I don't know. I, I, I uh, would, would, would just um, really like to, you know, the 95, 95, 95, you know, um, you know, obviously that, you know, you're pretty much preoccupied with, with 95. And I know I certainly am, too. And we know it's a major uh, eatery, not just for, for Pennsylvania, but for the East, the East Coast. And a lot of Pennsylvanians are worried that the delays and repairs bring to its standstill deal. Earlier today, some, uh -huh. com some comments about uh, One more time the in case tragic didn't make uh, accident sense. in uh, 995. And if you want to make any comments with respect to that, feel, feel free, you're recognized. 
Uh, no, I, I, I uh, would, would, would just um, really like to, uh, you know, the 95, uh -huh. 95, uh -huh. 95. 395, 395s. Okay, the 95, the 95, the 95, he says over and over and over again. And uh, Pennsylvanians don't really care as long as he's got a D and he shows up and he clicks the D vote. What are we doing? The 95, the 95, the 95. This is embarrassing. We've got, I think the oldest crazy guy we've got in uh, with the Republicans is Chuck Grassley. But that dude can put sentences together like nobody's business. Like he's like legit there. Like he's the only one doing anything on the Biden deal. He's working with Comer like half his age, man. We got John Fetterman here who he needs to be at home convalescing in rehab. This is this is abuse to dis people with disabilities. By and speaking of people with disabilities, an abuse like Joe Biden here. Joe Biden, we have no idea what he was saying. This was at All right. What's going on? Uh Biden ends his gun control event in Connecticut with a perplexing remark. Okay. Here we go. All right. God save the queen, man. Woo! She did, brother. She ain't no, she ain't here no more. All right. God save the queen, man. Did he see a ghost? Oh, you know what? I don't know. God save the queen? You're president of the... <laughs> You're president of the United States, and you said God save the Queen, and she's not. She's dead. Come on now, he's not even in the right decade. I'm not playing the clip today. Do you guys need to see him grope Eva Longoria? She played a video a movie. Totally grope this chick. I ain't gonna play it. There are things we just can't play, right? It's gross. This guy is just. What is happening? It makes for great TV. One more time. We're going to God save the queen. All right. God save the queen, man. Man. No, no, no. God save the queen. What is happening here? What, where am I? We have Fetterman with the 95, 95, 95. Is this a, are we running a special on mattresses? And we have Joe Biden with God Save the Queen. And then he gets his little presidential song. At least if you're going to say God Save the Queen, play the song. You know, this is a crazy world we're in. Absolutely crazy world. You want to know what else is crazy? So some chick with the, under was an Epstein survivor. She sued J.P. Morgan Chase, the bank, because he they had relations. I don't know how deep the relations went with Joe Epstein, and, and she won something out of this. But <laughs> there's like this is the never-ending weird story that never we never get actual information to put anybody in jail, but we get all these snippets of weird things like. Jeffrey Epstein paid the tuition for U.S. Virgin Islands first family, was asked to help craft sex offender law. 
So JP Morgan, the bank, hit back against the U.S. Virgin Islands this week because it, the U.S. Virgin Islands, which is suing the bank over its relationship with the convicted pedophile. So I guess they're doing it on top of the victims. I thought it was just a girl, but I guess it's the Virgin Islands. So the whole Virgin Islands is suing the bank, forgive me, which is suing the bank over its relationship with convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, accusing the former uh, uh, U.S. Virgin Islands governments and the First Lady of accepting a gift in the form of tuition for Skidmore College. Of note, the former U.S. Virgin Islands governor's wife, Seal de John, acted as Epstein's office manager. So these people are neck deep in with Epstein, but they're going to try to, this is how they roll. We taking you down. It's like mobs, mob bosses, mafias going after each other. Like we're getting some money out of this people. Cecile de Jean, uh, wife of the then U.S. Virgin Islands governor, John de Jean Jr., sent Epstein an August 2011 email with the subject line, please approve, attaching a $25,000 tuition bill for Skidmore a private liberal arts college in Saratoga Springs, New York. The email is among dozens of previously sealed documents the bank filed late Wednesday. So the move is part of an unclean hands defense by the bank. So in May, the bank accused Dijon of acting as his primary conduit for spreading money and influence throughout the U.S. Virgin Islands. However, the emails revealed in Wednesday's filing provide additional context in terms of the relationship between Esteen and the U.S. Virgin Islands family. The filing also reveals that J.P. Morgan intends to defend this to the end, despite announcing on Monday it had agreed to settle for $290 million with a group of Epstein accusers. That's what I was getting at. Okay. So the U.S. Virgin Islands, meanwhile, has asked the judge to, uh, in the case to stop J.P. Morgan from asserting its unclean hands defense as they claim it doesn't apply to government actors. Like, I'm in the government, dude. I have immunity, can do whatever I want. Okay, so J.P. Morgan claims that the tuition paid for Dijon's children boosted her 2009 overall compensation as an office manager to $200,000. And the bank claims that in return for the tuition, Dijon provided Epstein access to the U.S. Virgin Islands political elite. So yeah, so you can get, you're not going to give me particularly $25,000 in cash, but if you pay my kids tuition, which I need to pay, just pay my rent bill, Okay. So who extended tax benefits and allowed him to take part in crafting laws that might affect him. So in one email exchange from May 2011 between Epstein and Dijon, the two uh, discussed the U.S. Virgin Islands plans to update its sex offender registry laws. Oh, really? Epstein, would you like to come in the fox? Would you like to come and guard the hen house? Maybe take out a few free chickens home for you? Wink, wink as it directly impacted the convicted pedophile due to his 2008 conviction. So, for soliciting a minor for prostitution. So, he had this little conviction, but would you, I know it might, it might, you know, we really would like you here. You're bringing in some money. We're making deals. So, would you like to help craft some laws? You know, you know what else this sounds like? 2013, the Federal Reserve. Come on, y'all. And then the bankers are, are watching over themselves. Maybe we should distinguish between offenders and predators. Epstein wrote. Maybe we should distinguish between offenders and predators. What? Is there a... What's the distinction? If you offended, then you predatored. You predator. Suggesting that the U.S. Virgin Islands might revise the law to more narrowly apply to a category of sex offenders he didn't consider himself to be part of. 
in the world's greatest sex trafficker who has victims, but no people that they sex trafficked to. Come on. This is all so strange. All right. So Epstein also suggested a provision for waivers from the requirements of the revised law, which would be broader to avoid affecting his business and privacy. You see, it's not clear how widely the email was shared, though John's reply asked if Epstein wanted to wait for other people to respond. She later wrote that the matter needs to be settled in a few days because the attorney general needed to submit something by the end of the month. According to J.P. Morgan, Epstein wasn't happy with the law that passed in June of 2012, and Dejan promised she would find ways for him to get around the restrictions. You're giving me money, man. We working in the government. We working. Come on. According to the emails released Wednesday night, the two expressed frustration that the U.S. Virgin Islands politician identified only as Russell had betrayed them. I know this was a horrible week, and I'm really sorry about how things panned out, Dijon wrote to the disappointed Epstein. Not being able to take someone at their word is incredibly frustrating because, you know, in this business of sex trafficking, who can you trust, man, if you just can't tell the truth? Hmm, we lie to those people. We don't lie in our group, okay? Dijon also allegedly helped Epstein obtain student visas for young women. By arranging their enrollment at the University of Virgin Islands. You know, University of Virgin Islands wasn't good enough for her daughter. She wanted to go to New York. But let's bring in those other girls here. Did the ladies enroll? She wrote Epstein in June of 2013. It's not too late for the fall semester. Let's make them smart little prostitutes. As we discussed, they need to go down and enroll and show the ability to pay. Oh my gosh. You want to talk about other kind of corruption? These chicks, you know chicks can be bad. You really should have just like titled this Chicks Gone Bad. Girl be, girls can be criminals too. I've got the Mexican City Councilwoman arrested near border in Texas with 42 kilos of cocaine. I did not do the math on how many people that would supply because I don't no cocaine numbers as well as maybe some other people do but we have a councilwoman from the mexican city of renosa temulipas now faces federal charges in texas after the u.s border patrol agents arrested her for allegedly transporting 42 kilos of cocaine the incident took place over the weekend at a u.s border patrol checkpoint in a furious I am, I am so fall furious at this. Approximately 80 miles north of the U.S.-Mexican border, the Rio Grande Valley sector border patrol agents observed the 33-year-old Denise um, Humada Mar Martinez, Martinez driving a Mazda SUV with Mexican license plates as she approached the checkpoint. At the checkpoint, authorities sent her to a secondary inspection area where they used an X-ray scanning device and found 42 bundles of drugs hidden inside the car's door panels and seats. They don't, know how to, they don't know how to roll. During an interview with the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, agents following her arrest, Martinez said she had previously transported drugs. After processing, federal authorities took Martinez before a U.S. magistrate judge who ordered that she be held without bond. Martinez is currently serving as a city councilwoman in the Mexican border city of Reynosa. She received her position in Reynosa as a member of the Green Party. Since then, she's become um, one of the national action parties. So we have... Women acting badly. I don't know if Michelle was listening to our segment or not, but we have. I was trying the, to listen to much of it. We had the um, mayor's wife and the, uh, so the Virgin Islands 
So there are there are Epstein victims who want a settlement with J.P. Morgan for twenty two hundred ninety million. The Virgin Islands is suing J.P. Morgan, trying to get on it as well. It's because the J.P. Morgan was Epstein's bank. Now, Epstein's or uh, J.P. Morgan is using the um, the dirty hands defense against the U.S. Virgin Islands, saying that they were in cahoots with Epstein and they were being paid off by Epstein because the mayor's wife was taking chump change, we're taking more than chump change from Epstein, was pocketing money, even helping, asking him to help craft sex offender laws to make it easier for him to to roll in the Virgin Islands so they could roll the dough together. The name is is uh, very fitting, actually, where they're taking these young little girls. I know, it's very sad. So, and then we had the Mexican City Councilwoman bringing in uh, as a mule for drugs. All right. Um, we're going to go to one of my other commercial breaks here. You missed a couple of our commercial breaks. You have I to watch the show back. Did you see Joe Biden say God Save I the did, Queen? Actually, did yeah. you see John Fetterman say 95, 95, 95? No, what was he talking about? I-95, a uh, portion of the, of the um, bridge fell. Yeah. It, there was an explosion. And so he was asked about it. And, he, and he's like, yes, and 95, 95, like 95. Ni- yeah. Oh, yeah, he glitched. Big time, big time. Here's a glitch for people who don't have any mental issues to to speak of. This is from Not the Bee, Babylon you Bees. You Not the Bees up, right? I have two not the bees up, and I think, yeah, it's, there is, there it is, not the bee. Okay, there it is. Not a single Jeopardy contestant could say that our father, this was the clue on Jeopardy last night, and not one contestant got it right. Uh-uh. This may seem like a silly example of culture decay, but my five-year-old knows the entire Lord's Prayer and loves to recite at dinner time. Play this, please. I'm sad. This is sad. It says... I'll- Started Our Father, which art in heaven. There we go. Matthew 6, 9 says, Our Father, which art in heaven, this be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Matthew 6, 9 says, Our Father, which art in heaven, this be thy name. I want to watch it again. How can you be so red? Yeah, because that that prayer gets put even in like secular books and it's shows and movies, movies it's everywhere. everywhere. I don't listen to secular music, and yet I know the words to a lot of secular songs. Like, how is this even a thing? Hallowed comes from the Greek term hagazio, which means holy, set apart, sanctified. You know what I think it is, Leah? I think they liter- literally could not say it. <laughs> The demonic in these people, like, I ain't saying it, you say it, anybody's gonna buzz okay, in. Okay, well, here's the thing. Here's another thing in demonic. Demonic. Amazon. Amazon just logged a man out of his smartphone, smart home for a week no because way. the delivery driver thought he heard something coming out of his little ring doorbell that sounded like a racist term. Dude wasn't even home, but he couldn't get a hold of anybody at Amazon to unlock his house because Amazon wouldn't open his house. What it was was Amazon shut down his account and all of his locks were run by Amazon. So I guess if you're, you got to be careful because if they shut down your account, if things don't work, you can't get into your house. Not even kidding. Okay. This is not the the article because this is not making sense to me. All right. You read it. A man found himself. 
Locked out of his smart house powered by Amazon because while he wasn't home, an Amazon delivery driver mistakenly thought he heard a racist remark come from the man's doorbell, reported it to Amazon, and Amazon immediately locked down the account, locking the man out of his home. Here's what the man accused of racism wrote on Medium. When I connected with the executive, they asked if I knew why my account had been locked. When I answered I was unsure, their tone turned somewhat accusatory. I was told that the driver who had delivered my package reported receiving racist remarks from my ring doorbell. It turns out that a delivery driver with headphones had imagined he heard something racist from the doorbell, but the owner of the house wasn't even home when the event happened. He also had cameras all over the property that showed that he was totally innocent. The man says, I reviewed the footage and confirmed that no such comments had been made. Instead, the Eufy doorbell had issued an automated response. Excuse me, can I help you? The driver who was walking away and wearing headphones must have misinterpreted the message. Nevertheless, by the following day, my Amazon account was locked and all my Echo devices were logged out. How insane is this? They logged the man out of his own home from Thursday, May 25th to Wednesday, May 31st. He says, in the end, my account was unlocked on Wednesday with no follow-up email to inform me of the resolution. You just gotta keep going home and my door, can I get in? Can I get in? Can I get in? Can you not break in a window? Like, oh my gosh, y'all. Ain't I been saying it? No, no. First of all, I do not feel sorry for this man at all. If you hand over the locks and keys to your home, to another company, or electronic device or business, I do not feel sorry for you. Granted, the situation is insane. It should not be that they can cancel your Amazon account for a perceived something that has had no proof just over an accusation. Much less it actually being true. I still don't even think that they should be able to lock you out, even if it was true. No, you should be able to say, I mean, like, it's your house. What you want to say, it's my house. Amazon, I People not, shouldn't be able to, they should be able to lock you out of your house, even if, you, if you're I a criminal. No, but they shouldn't even be able to shut down your Amazon account based on anything that you say. Like, is that written in the policy? Like, I didn't know. I honestly did not know it was written in some sort of Amazon policy that they could shut down your account Mm. if they don't like what you have to say. Because we're going to get shut down at some point then, if that's right, Jack. Now, what I mean by Amazon is the actual, like, using it's the locking and all the smart stuff that he had versus actual Amazon, as in we buy products from Amazon. I don't know which. But either way... This is insane. Sherry on Facebook says, this is why I don't have Alexa or any of that in my house. She says, what about vehicles? They don't want to make them with key starts anymore, it seems. I can see that happening. I want to say something that I may I regret. Only want a car that starts with a key. I I was going to say I'll never have one. Like, I will never have a car that does not start without a key. I'll never purposefully... Like a rental car, that's different. Like I'm not gonna buy one. one. Like I don't, I don't, I will, I will do everything that I can in my power. In Jesus' name, to buy a car that has, and people may say, "Well, you, you, you only have the option to buy these, these." I'm just like, I don't trust any of these modern vehicles. Mm -mm. All of our cars are so old; they all have keys. Um, all of our cars are so old. You can hook a horse up to them, and then they'll trot down the road. Yeah, they're pretty old. I can't with you. They are. Our newest car is a 2008. Lily B. Mom says, Amazon workers are woke and petty. I worked there for years. 
Wow. Linda says, kill switches. Sherry says, that is why I have a 12-year-old minivan. LOL. You and us. Mm -hmm. our, car, our car's older than yours, Sherry. Um, here's the deal. And that's our newest car. That is, that's... It's like a brand new car to us. To us? I feel like it's brand new. Yeah, to us when we get in that car, it's like, ooh, this is what the fancy people drive. 15-year-old car. Yeah. Oh, no. That's great. Love it. So, um, the, the Jeep, we love the Jeep, and it, it is rocky. It's great. It's just a little piece of rust came off of the... That can be fixed. It will be. Everything can be fixed on the Jeep. That's a, that's, a, that's a great thing about the Jeep, and it, most things have been fixed on the Jeep. I'm just saying, any of y'all that watch our show that own an Alexa... I question you. I like question I do. I'm not going to I'm not going to say anything outside of that. Like I'm not going to cast a judgment, but I question. I just, just straight up. Like what are we what Libby are we says we had drivers refusing to deliver out in the country because they were afraid of white supremacists. You're kidding me. Oh my gosh, this is Oh my gosh. Patriot Gallery says a horse, it is an electric. Um, J.R. Presky says, my newest car is a 96. Go on and get it, J.R. Now we're Your topping. newest car is a 96? That is impressive. You beat everybody. Oh, my gosh. That you, well, I felt like we were cool, and then, like, now you beat us as a drive? Yeah. Just kidding. Our Jeep is a 99. Okay. So, Leah, what's next? All right. So, so Thriving Mama says, I have an Alexa. See, Sam, let's talk about this. Okay? You know what I'm saying? These people, yeah, people. Sam does. Sam doesn't lie about anything, though. Yeah, she doesn't hide anything. I love it. Oh, I know. Yeah, she's not. Gonna, she's like, she'd be like, I got one. I love her. Just telling you, she's a. Uh, I drive a 2003 Pontiac Grand Am. Oh, James, we had a Pontiac Grand Prix. We loved that car. 1990. It was a 90. It was awesome. It's a 1990 Pontiac Grand Prix. It was my grandma's. Yeah. It's awesome too. Okay, speaking of cars, just kidding. Speaking of moving from cars. Yeah, so our favorite farmer in the country, Joel Salatin. Uh, so in, uh, I think around 2013, we watched a movie called Food Inc. If you guys haven't watched it, you should watch it. It's about now, the Mr. industrialization Salatin. of food in this nation. And I, I saw where they put chickens and I didn't know this. I kind of knew it, but I didn't. You have to see it. And they live in this in darkness in a building. Um, your cage-free like chickens are like this. Are like this with thousands and thousands of other chickens. This, this is the space that this is, and that, long. and you are paying extra money for this. Where when one of them dies and they do get sickly and die, there are grates in the floor so that as the other chickens trample on them the goop of their flesh goes through the grates and so what they that's do, cage free you're paying extra for that in between chickens they'll if they have to like fumigate them they'll fumigate but in between bringing new chickens they'll put this big giant foamy disinfectant in the whole building and then they'll bring in new chickens but here's the thing pasture raised chickens by your local person down the street costs the same exactly find somebody raising chickens for you it's better to have even if they are backyard chickens and they're kind of in a chicken tractor and a little it's that yeah. is way better because they're Guys. having sunlight okay and happiness the fact that you all and i love you okay and ignorance is an excuse you just don't know you don't know what you don't know but after watching this and hearing this sentence tonight you literally have no excuse all right you can find local mom and pop butchers and call them up. Okay. They're usually hidden away in Indiana. We go to uh, Kaiser's meat. 
Okay, you can call them up and say, hey, do you have anybody that can sell me half a cow? Do you have anybody that can sell me half a beef? Do you have, do you know where I can get some free-range chickens? You may begin. It's often Before cheaper. Before we started raising out our own chickens. Yeah. We got, um, and before we started doing our pigs, we started with them with beef. And then we asked them, do you know anywhere where we can get a pig? And they did. And we got a pig was, from them. It was all cheaper than the grocery it store. It was way so, cheaper than the grocery store. I'm getting to the chickens. Okay. Then they directed us to another local butcher in town in Indiana where I walked in. I, I scheduled ahead of time. Actually, I called them up. I scheduled. I went in and I said, I'd like to pick up my 10 chickens. Do you know how they came to me? Do you know how these 10 chickens came to me? In a giant, clear, like garbage bag, size bag, freshly butchered, all together, lumped together. They were not packaged. They weren't sealed. They weren't all of that stuff, okay? But they were just 10 freshly butchered chickens. And it was really cheap. So don't tell me you don't say, have a choice. You're just not looking. I want to say it was almost cheaper than the store. I want to say we, we spent like... It was like three bucks a pound. No, 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 because... That, oh, the, no, the chicken was like... I don't, I don't remember what it was. It's been many years, but... It, like it, it was cheaper. I remember being cheaper than the grocery store because that was. It, the grocery grocery store. Store. That was like, it felt like we for ten chickens we only spent like thirty or forty bucks. For ten chickens we spent. Yeah, I, yeah. Even if we spent, I know it I was. Think it was, I was like sixty five bucks. It was like, astronomically cheap. It was so cheap, guys. There is no excuse for you to be buying meat at the grocery store, except for I'm going to say the word and I love you guys. Oh no, laziness. You're going to say it. I did. Ignorance. Ignorance. No. And then now once you know if you don't do it, then it's just lazy, laziness and then you so don't So this care. is why we started raising our own food even on an acre. I want to play this trailer from Food Inc. This came out in 2008, I think. The way we eat has changed more in the last 50 years than in the previous 10,000. The modern supermarket has on average 47,000 products. The industry doesn't want you to know the truth about what you're eating, because if you knew, you might not want to eat it. We've never had food companies this powerful in our history. Everything we've done in modern agriculture is to grow it faster, fatter, bigger, cheaper. If you could grow That's a so chicken sad. in 49 days, why would you want one you got to grow in three months? When you go through the supermarket, there is an illusion of so much of our industrial food turns out to be rearrangements of corn. Sometimes you look at a vegetable and say, okay, well, we can get two hamburgers for the same price. They have managed to make it against the law to criticize their products. There is an effort to make it illegal to publish a photo of any industrial food operation. I find it incredible that the FDA wants to allow the sale of meat from cloned animals without any labeling. Peanut butter contaminated with salmonella. E. coli has been found in spinach, apple juice. Smells like money to me. The average consumer does not feel very powerful. It's the exact opposite. When we run an item past the supermarket scanner, we're voting for local or not, organic or not. Look at the tobacco industry. The battle against tobacco is a perfect model of how an industry's irresponsible behavior can be changed. Imagine what it would be if, as a national policy, the idea would be to have such nutritionally dense food that people actually felt better, had more energy, and weren't sick as much. 
you know, now they see that's a noble goal. People have got to start demanding good, wholesome food of us, and we'll deliver, I promise you. So good. I wonder, I wonder if Jesse would let us show her a little table. So our friend, um, Jesse lives in Texas and, uh, she's a mom and she's trying to make a little money on the side and she has started to do baked goods, like mm -hmm. sourdough breads that look totally legit, like from a bakery, cinnamon twist. Oh, she's, it's incredible. she's making all kinds of cool stuff and she's selling it. Like these, we need to become our own food producers and sharers of, you know, like what I honestly, guys, I have a ton of lettuce. If you live near me, come and get some lettuce. If you live near Milford, I have too much lettuce. My neighbors can't eat enough lettuce and it's going to probably end being lettucey in a couple weeks. So come and get some lettuce for me. Message Here we me. Go. Here's some, um, let's see if that, this is, she's got these awesome bags that she's now putting them in. She just, she bakes them and then she takes them to market and then she goes and sells them. So awesome. So that is the, um, that's kind of the story of how we got introduced to Jill Salatin. And then we started to grow our own food. We got our chickens. And then that's when we got into kind of, um, a, an issue with our township because our neighbors who were okay with our pigs and chickens decided they weren't okay with them. So they got the township to come after us. And then that was that whole debacle with us, but we won. We're under Ohio 51921, but really we're under the constitution. So we raise our little pigs and we raise our chickens. And um, we, in order, when we were fighting the township, we joined something called, could you bring it up? Farm to Consumer Legal Defense Fund. Mm -hmm. So what is farm to consumer? It means that you should be able to, I should be able to produce the food and just sell it to you with no person in the middle. Well, what about the USDA? And what about this? Do you know Corey Gray lives in Nicaragua and there's no rules? They just make food and they sell food. The USDA doesn't inspect their meat. The US, they don't have a, an inspector of meat. You can literally raise an animal, butcher an animal, cook it and sell it on the side of the road. Boom. That's the way it should be. And people aren't dying in Nicaragua. You can, you can milk a cow or a goat and sell the milk, but you can't here in the United States. So they, Farm and Consumer Legal Defense Fund helps the farmers to fight all these bureaucratic laws they're that keep laws, us, they're regulations. regulations that keep us from being able to, the reason people are sick is because of regulators, both Republicans and Democrats, okay? Well, I don't want you to raise chickens in my neighborhood, and I don't want to hear no rooster. And did you know roosters have a low, lower decibel than a dog bark? I'm sorry you may not like a rooster crow, but I'm, somebody else might not like your dog barking. Well, dog barking's normal. Roosters aren't. Roosters are more normal. Roosters are just as normal. So the address, the website for this is ftcldf.com. FTC, Farm to Consumer, FTCLDF, Legal Defense Fund.com. So let me show you guys. Um, they have in the news different things that they're working on. So they've got the 2023 state legislative summary for, to show food uh, progress. I know recently Maine had some cool um, laws passed. We've you got know, any, there should be no laws on food. So we'll stop. Well, I want to show you guys over here. So they've got a raw milk map. So um, this tells you what, in every state is different when it comes to food. So you know, it's state legislature. So in the different colors, you can say, where can we get raw milk? So in Ohio, uh, we do the yellow, which is herd share. So we're part of an Amish herd share. So if you're in, in Michigan, 
uh looks like tennessee um there's only one state where it's you literally cannot get it in any way there's two right the red is not legally obtainable and it's probably massachusetts i don't know what country what state is that you guys new hampshire i don't know can't be new hampshire okay um it's a little small for me to see unless you have your own cow what's it's funny is that you can buy it as pet food in indiana and florida and so they just sell it and you just have to know oh it's pet food but then you can drink it sherry sherry says would love raw milk sherry you may live close enough that you can be a, a member of our herd share so you should contact me on that Mm. the same one that we're a part of and then the retail sales are really great in california actually did you know lefty california and washington state allow and idaho allow retail sales of just raw milk so here's a state-by-state -state guide of the cottage food laws um unfortunately uh this is where i find the stick up to be really not awesome and you would think like the southern states like let's say oklahoma or tennessee uh, they only allow baked goods. Now, um, in in the yellow states, it's non-potentially hazardous foods. They will allow you to sell things, I believe, like salsa and stuff as long as it's canned. Cottage food means foods that you have made at home. And then the green states are the best states because that's where, quote unquote, some potentially um, hazardous foods, meaning like, did you know that a pumpkin pie, that needs anything that needs to be refrigerated, so a pumpkin pie that needs to be refrigerated, you cannot legally make that and sell it. That's stupid, right? And then we've got the poultry processing laws here. So in Ohio, uh, there is a 1,000 to 20,000 bird exemption, meaning I can I can butcher a bunch of chickens on my property and sell it. Um, and that's kind of like, I think that's the best. That's probably the best it's for pretty poultry. Much most of the country is that But way. what about, what's up with Texas not allowing no you idea. to? And unfortunately, um, Kentucky is the worst state. You know why, though? I will tell you why. The states, it's not, this is not, don't judge these states based on votes mm -hmm. because the voters have nothing to do with this. Mm -hmm. You and I don't vote on any of this, mm -hmm. okay? It has to do with the big ag industries that send lobbyists not only to Washington, D.C., this is actually sending lobbyists to their state mm -hmm. legislatures, Okay, so when you see the countries like a, or the countries, yeah, that was a four in slip, little countries. When you see a state like Kentucky that will not adopt a specific law and you know that Kentucky is very agricultural, then it's big ag that has made those laws. So this is why I'm bringing uh, up Joel Salatin because he spoke before Congress at the behest of Thomas Massey, who we've gotten to interview a couple times and knows my name, uh, Resistance Chicks. Um, this is the map of red meat. So this is going to be even pork, which is considered white meat, but it's red meat. So pork and cow. So typically meat intended to be sold must be processed at a United States Department of Agriculture uh, or a state-run processing facility where meat is regularly inspected. Um, and then the USDA has identified a number of exemptions from that requirement. So the USDA exemptions that are most applicable to small producers are livestock slaughtered for personal use or livestock custom slaughtered or prepared. So states commonly further regulate by limiting the number of owners of an animal for purposes of custom slaughter. So this is hilarious. If you're going to do a hog, you can technically, you're supposed to pre-buy the hog and you can take it to a custom slaughter. And they, and it's just like getting the cuts meats and it, uh, but when it comes to pigs, you can only have two owners of a pig. Right. 
okay? Because they don't want you to get to the place where you're buying, where you're selling cuts of meat. So, but Leah, I have a question. How is it more dangerous for two families consuming the, the meat of a hog than it would be for multiple families to consume the meat from that hog? It's not. And it's all about regulations, money, so power, and control. It has with, nothing to do with food safety. So with cows, that's why you the smallest part of a cow you can buy is a quarter. Quarter. Okay. So these are specific things. So it's state by state, and it's interesting because each state has different rules. Uh, different rules, different laws. So we'll go down to Ohio. A license is required from the Department of Agriculture for custom slaughterers who slaughter for the owner of the animal. Producers or owners may slaughter and bring to custom custom exempt processor for further processing. So you still have to have a license, but you don't have to have USDA. So up to four owners per animal. Paperwork recorder requirements are for the uh, numbers of the kinds of livestock slaughtered. Um, if multiple owners, a slaughterer must indicate part of the animal for e of that you have to have the name on it. So maybe it doesn't have to be. Maybe you can have four with the pig. I always thought well, they could only have meat. two. Oh, red meat. Maybe red pork meat. might be a different one. All right. So Thomas Massey has been trying to get the Prime Act passed. And it is um, basically what he wants to get past is even if you have it slaughtered in one state, you can't, and it's legal there, you can't transport it to another state. So you can't have somebody in Kentucky slaughter your animal and leave if you live in Ohio. So we, when I tell you that we get our animals from Indiana, you never heard that. We don't. What are don't. you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -mm. There might be a place in Indiana. I don't know. All right, let's play this. All right, so what I want to do is play Joel Salatin before is as uh, testifying before Congress. Now, Mr. Salatin, you may begin. Good, thank you. Right now, nationwide, a farmer wanting to get a slaughter slot in a small federal inspected meat processing plant often must book six months to a year in advance for pork. That's before the pig. So basically, what he's saying is that if you want to sell your cuts by the cut, which is how most people want to buy it. You have to get a slot in these USDA facilities. And they don't exist. And so you, they can literally put you out of business. Piggy mm -hmm. is even born. It's never been like this. What happened? In short, regulatory extortion tyranny. Inspection regulations are size prejudicial. I know one facility that, that was ordered closed because it wasn't processing fast enough. The Food Safety Inspection Service measures its efficiency by pounds inspected per personnel hour, creating an adversarial discriminatory attitude towards small plants. In 1906, when Upton Sinclair wrote The Jungle, seven large companies controlled half the nation's meat processing capacity. After a century of government intervention, four now control almost 85%. When licenses and compliance make entering and maintaining an abattoir, more burdensome to small facilities than large, concentration and centralization is not an antitrust issue. It's discriminatory regulatory issue. It's a perfect example of mission creep. What started sincerely as a food safety objective morphed into regulatory overburdensome harassment. A small plant operator dare not object to subjective and political inspector decisions because Poke and sniff allows retribution toward folks with questions. Entrepreneurs are enslaved and held hostage by bureaucrats who share no business risk and rule without restraint. 
Meanwhile, more Americans desire a more localized, stable, secure, transparent, nutrient-dense, relational, trustworthy food supply than centralized industrial facilities offer. We have eager and willing buyers, farmers desperate to direct market to their neighbors, but a bureaucracy that stands in the way of voluntary consenting adults exercising freedom of choice for their body's microbiome fuel. Few human decisions speak to freedom like what we have the right to swallow. I can butcher a beef in the field, process it, and give it away, but if I sell an ounce, I'm a criminal. What is it about exchanging money that suddenly makes meat unsafe? Clearly, current market regulations are not about safety. They are about market access. Our society recognizes scale and relationship when assessing risk. In Virginia, we can keep three daycare children in our private home without a license and governmental oversight. Why? Because an entity, an arrangement that small, inherently offers seller-buyer intimacy that vets itself equal to licenses and inspectors. In Virginia, we can keep three elder care patients in our private home without licenses and government oversight. Why? Because such an intimate arrangement protects equal to the government. Expectations and trust provide context in any transaction. People who want to disentangle from the agri-industrial government crony complex don't expect their provenance to be squeezed through the regulatory process. They trust their farmer more than a government agent. While this group, both farmer and customer, may represent a lunatic fringe of the society, we all know that's where innovation comes from. And how society deals with its unorthodox element defines its march toward tyranny or freedom. Our society, desperate for food security and stability, wallows in a morass of regulatory impediments to what we need and desire. Well, what remedies exist? Right now, 1968's Public Law 90-492, known as the Producer Grower Exemption, allows 20,000 head of poultry to be processed on farm without inspection. This has enabled thousands of community-scaled neighbor-to-neighbor entrepreneurs to launch small broiler operations. To my knowledge, not a single customer has been harmed by this exemption. Why not extend it to beef or to pork? Right now, custom processing designation allows me to sell pre-slaughter portions of an animal, usually in holes, halves, and quarters. Well, why limit my customers to large volumes? Let them buy by the cut. Congressman Thomas Massey's Prime Act would enable this. Another remedy could simply be a food emancipation proclamation, allowing farmers currently enslaved by regulatory shackles to sell meat to neighbors. Right now, farmers can give it away. They just can't sell it. Neighbors can buy and feed it to their children. Clearly, if uninspected meat is hazardous, the commerce prohibition should be on the buyer as well as the seller, but it's not, which clearly illustrates the prohibition's hypocrisy. Surely, if we really want freedom of food choice and food security, we can create a remedy that refuses to criminalize neighborly meat transactions. The only reason food freedom was not written into our Bill of Rights was because our nation's founders could not have imagined a time when neighbors could not exchange a chuck roast or sausage. At some point, requiring professional league infrastructure and referees on a sandlot pickup ball game is both inappropriate and malicious. 
It's time to remove the heavy hand of tyranny from America's food system by allowing market access, opportunity, and competition for producers and consumers seeking freedom of food choice. Thank you. Yes. Oh, that was so good. So he wrote today, he said, the hearing debrief. Greetings, friends. Thank you Art all for your all kind and gracious comments regarding my testimony for the Congressional Judiciary Committee Tuesday. As you can tell, each of the 14 members of Congress attending had five minutes. Unfortunately, most of them spent the bulk of their allotment pontificating with prepared statements rather than asking the four of us testifying questions. The most frustrating part for me was the constant refrain by the Democrat side that people would get sick and die if our country ever reduced meat inspection requirements because nobody can smell meat going bad, by the way. Uh, I'm going to start calling inspected meat government food and uninspected liberty food. The notion that people will become more unhealthy on government food than liberty food is completely unproven. Um, more healthy. We haven't tried liberty food for many decades. Perhaps an experiment would show that liberty food produces more health than government food. The other frustration was the constant harping from the Democrats. The key to competition was going after the big four for antitrust violations. The most asinine comment of the day came from Congressman Johnson, who said the only way to preserve competition was to have more aggressive federal government intervention. Folks, you can't have flourishing small business in the same country as big government. I wish I could have said more, but there's never enough time. Yesterday, I had a visit from a Virginia U.S. senatorial candidate, Kimberly Lowe, who is one of seven contending for our Republican mantle to run against incumbent Virginia Senator Tim Kaine. This morning, I sent her some talking bullet points, and this is my Tuesday testimony to see what you think. Here you go. We need to Uberize the food system due to democratized self-auditing through the Internet. Do you know how many people have been raped by Uber? And they haven't shut it down? That's a complete aside. No, he just said we need to Uberize the food system. We need to make it so that you could just call an Uber. You can just call a person and they can give you a ride. And right. the government isn't there. Yes. You should be able to do what you need to do with the food. What you're saying is if Uber is allowed to exist for food and it's dangerous for like... Not yeah, they haven't shut down Uber and people and get raped. Like that. Yeah. Okay. Due to democratize self... What I'm saying is self-auditing. You've got... You can read the reviews on this person and you can see whether you want to get a ride with this person or not. Right. Okay. Uh, a completely unregulated chauffeur system developed. We gladly hop into cars with strangers in foreign places, but know the feedback loops of police. The internet was created on a global scale. The village vetting the police, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker of yesteryear. Uberizing creates its own safeguards and it's time for food to join the 21st century techno century. 21st century. Two, the above argument works the same for Airbnb. Okay. Our food system needs an opt-out option equivalent to homeschooling for government schools and medical sharing for Obamacare. What if I don't want government food? We need a way for folks to exercise their most fundamental intimate right of choosing the fuel for their own personal microbiome. Boom. The only way to create accountability in the government food system is to subject it to circumvention, otherwise known as the free market access. Right now, a farmer, even a neighbor, can't legally sell you a steak or pork chop without going through an antagonistic bureaucratic process. That's an unfair uh, that's unfair to choice, price, and access. 
Big government and flourishing small business don't thrive in the same habitat. Government oversight always, always, always is prejudicial to smaller entities and uh, concessionary towards large ones. Monopolies cannot occur without special treatment from the government. The surest way to break up monopolies is through market freedom. When folks say neighbor-to-neighbor -neighbor unregulated food commerce will cause illness due to tainted food, they have no scientific basis for the claim because we don't we haven't allowed it since stainless steel, indoor plumbing, microscopes, refrigeration, and internet rating systems. With all this information and technological advancement, we should at least experiment with liberty. Perhaps it would make people a little healthier and to not eat government food. Perhaps it would drive down food costs. Okay, that's it. You know, and, and I would is... say though, I would I would connect our lack of food freedom to all of those things that he just mentioned though. I would too. You know, right. I don't think we need the technology. I think you just can have your neighbor say, Hey, I got some chickens from this person. Do you want to get some chickens from this person? Exactly. You don't need Uberized anything. And, and you guys, the reason why we're talking about this is because a lot of people don't know, like if you go to, we've been telling you guys for years to raise your own chickens yeah. or maybe get a beef cow so you can start selling. Many of you, as soon as you start to go to do these things and then you get stuck, like, wait a minute, I'm not allowed to do that. You don't know what the laws are. Why are we so unhealthy? Because those with the biggest money are lobbying the government to make laws against small farmers. Yeah, exactly. So um, I have a couple, two more stories I want to share for you guys. Um, well, two and a half. And it obviously has to do with LGBT. So we're going to sign off with, from Facebook. But before we sign off from Facebook, Michelle has announcements to give. I do, actually. Yeah, so super cool thing. And I haven't had a chance to make a flyer, but I can pull up the link for the Remnant Revolution Tour. Uh, Leah, tell them about that while I pull this up. Okay, so our friends Robert and Jamie, AG of Banners for Freedom, are on this awesome revival tour. And they're camping in different states. And they're coming here to Cincinnati, Ohio, July uh, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And so if you guys are in the area, we want you to join us. So on July 3rd, we're going to be down in our hometown, Milford, Ohio, Sparks for the Parks. And we're going to be giving out tickets. We have bought tickets. We are going to uh, help get people to see uh, the Mel Gibson, Jim Caviezel, Tim Ballard, anti-sex trafficking movie, The Sound of Freedom. And we want to get as many butts in the seats as we can. So we're going to be giving out some tickets. If you want a ticket, if you want to come, come join us. Message us. We're going to be at Milford Cinemas uh, 115. We saw, we, we bought, we pretty much bought out the theater. So if you need a ticket, you got to get through me if you want to go with us. Okay. So we're going to be giving out some tickets at Sparks for the Parks on the 3rd. Then we're going to go on the 4th, on the 4th of July. You guys want to celebrate with a group of liberty-minded people? Then you join us. We should be making this into a video. This is really great. Um... Uh, at 1.15 uh, in Milford, Ohio, the Milford uh, Cinemark, we're going to go see the movie, and then we're going to go to our local Loveland's uh, fireworks, and we're going to celebrate 4th of July together. And then on the 5th in the evening, we're going to go to Oxford, Ohio, where Krista Elijah is, and we're going to have a revival in the park, and it's going to be three days of awesomeness, so come and join so us. So what you can do is you can go to the, no, not the, just remnantrevolutiontour.com. That's remnantrevolutiontour.com. And then click on, let me go back up here, events, and then scroll down. Now, if you live in any of these other areas, um, you can you can go there, meet up with them. They're going to be in South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, um, South Carolina, in, uh, Old be Washington, Ohio. In Eastern Ohio on the first and the second. 
Exactly. They're going to go to the United uh, Freedom Festival. That's a camping thing. It's two days. Mm -hmm. um, so this is really, 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 really cool that they are doing. And we're excited that they're going to be coming with uh, to visit us here in Cincinnati. So three days, we will be with them. And, uh, and we want you guys to make plans to join us. I will have details up on our website probably next week sometime and a flyer for you guys to share if you guys want to be a part of that. So remnantrevolutiontour.com. So that's like, that's number one, number one, number one. Number two is, like I said at the end of the Brighteon segment, but for everybody else that didn't hear it, the Brighteon store is having a Father's Day sale right now. For the next two days, up to 55% off. And free shipping. Free shipping, I think, on orders of $100. And if you spend over $195, you get a free survival um, cord for your yeah, dad. Yeah, go like get the yourself some cord. ranger buckets. And I am going to plug uh, the OBE Extreme Terpenes again. Uh, we have a doggy who is a little bit injured. And uh, we've been uh, trying this out on the uh, dogs as well, and it seems to be helping. They actually have, she has doggy chews. Uh, if, you're do if you have a dog that's a little bit cranky, a little bit having some injuries, you, these are good things to have on hand um, at OBE. The, um, I don't know if you want to show them the doggy chews. Um, cause we all have, our dogs are all going to be aging at some point and the CBD does, it is, is proven to help. I actually also gave him some turmeric. He, he kind of popped back up today. So he, the website's really easy to remember. The, the, the website that's going to get rid of your rankles. Okay. The, my favorite flawless face serum and all of that is organicbodyessentials.com. Exactly. But in order to get to the CBD and, right. and the, we, we want to, like um, this. just start saying terpenes. Right, yeah. the terpenes. We say CBD, but it really it's just terpenes. So this is intense. Wow, that's really strong smell. Um, like it's good. Muscle it's a really rub. Good smell. So it, yeah, she has the water. She has the menthol, calendula, the uh, aloe, the rosemary, marshmallow, cayenne. It's so, amazing. Oh, so for the terpenes, <coughs> OBE dot hmm. organic body essentials. Yeah. So if you go here, shop all products. There are there is pet CBD and mm -hmm. we have tried this on two dogs now and it worked for both dogs. So I want to encourage you guys um, to try this out for your pets. And then there's a soothing balm. And the, the balm and is for human humans and pets. It's thirty six bucks. It's a rub on. Um, so I love this. I think it's really really awesome and. Try it out. See what it's, see how. See I want to hear from you guys. Uh, the testimonies that we have gotten back from. OBE, Organic Body Essentials, is actually even more than probably any of the other things that we've talked about. Yeah. The testimonies, you guys always come back and say, oh my gosh, that's the greatest stuff. You know, um, Leah, the other day, I uh, got a message from somebody that had requested that we, we save all the ads for the end. Hmm. Here's my thing with all y'all people that have that. I get it. Like, I feel you. Okay, I fast forward through the commercials when I listen to Scott Kesterson on Podbean. Well, they're right in the beginning, yeah. They're right in the beginning, and you can skip ahead, and I like that. Boom, boom, boom. You hit the little 15 button. If you have the Rumble app, you can literally click the 15 arrow right now. Do it right now. While I'm talking, do it right now. Okay? If you don't have the Rumble app, then I can't help you. But the Rumble app will also give you notifications every time we go live. Oh, you if you, you guys need to be subscribed. If you guys aren't subscribed and you're on Rumble, please hit subscribe. But there are, but the point I was about to get to is other shows do commercials like every 15 minutes. Throughout the whole show. I'm like, come on, people. And, and listen, these aren't commercials like other commercials. These are things that we are reminding you about. 
And how many times watching Rush Dagum Limbaugh did you hear about all the different things? You know, and like you know, my favorite is um, Glenn Beck. He's got that the grill, the uh, that the, the security, the kit, the, the, dogs. the the car uh, insurance for your car, for yeah, breakdown, and, and it's but it's like the whole program. You're hearing it over and over and over again. Like every 15 minutes, there's a commercial of some sort. Um, and I just feel bad for you guys because for six years we did zero. So anybody that's just now finding us. You but the here's the thing: when it comes to the ITM trading, um, that is more like like that's like, hey, your house is on fire; it's burning down. Hey, I have a way to help you so your house doesn't burn on fire. And you're like, don't tell me, I'm tired. I just want my house to burn down. No, you guys, we need to be constitutional money chicks. We need to be one eight six six nine five zero seven 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 six. What are you gonna do if you guys have a four? Oh. O1K, if you have a retirement account, if you've got savings, gold and silver. Why are we doing gold and silver? Why is it important? Because it's constitutional money. It is God's money. We need to start. We need to start somewhere. Okay. We need to get our constitution back. This is how we do it. We do it by switching, by making the switch. And, and here's the other thing, though, guys. Are you going to ITM? I was. Um, I'll help you. The, uh, oops, I'm <laughs> there. Your dollar is losing value every single day. Mm -hmm. Like every day, guys. To me, it's there. there's nothing. This is a win-win. Mm -hmm. Your dollar, the paper dollar, is a lose-lose-lose. For me, I'm... Here, we can go ahead and play one. Go ahead and screen okay. share here. We'll play one uh, video here from our favorite gal, Lynette, who we are going to have on our show. Soon. Very soon. And we'll do that live. Let me... I'll look I think right it's up. the 12th. I think it is the 12th. Um, so we want you guys to stay tuned. Really I mean, I have a whole strategy that I developed just based upon currency life cycles and those repeatable patterns. You know, originally before the advent of the CBDCs and what I saw, I considered a chunk after we go into the new system, converting a chunk of my gold into the new currency system. But CBDCs, I don't think so. So I will hold my gold outside of the system, then just liquidate it as I need to so that it always retains its purchasing power. And if you have this wealth that's outside of the system, since there is such a broad base of buyer, gold and silver in any form is monetary at its base. For me, I mean, I have a whole strategy that I developed just based upon currency life cycles and those repeatable patterns. You know, so you originally, see, honestly, before the, the ad, I don't, she has implemented this lifestyle for herself and she has lost a ton of weight doing it oh my gosh yeah. she because gardening and doing all this stuff mm -hmm. so why is gold better than bitcoin? why is gold better or worse than bitcoin well here's the challenge that i have is in its functionality bitcoin is really good because you can put it on a little thumb drive and stick it in your pocket and move wealth wherever you want to as long as there's a market for it but here in this hand i'm holding bitcoin in this hand i'm holding gold let's see uh, uh, Oh, there's nothing there. It's an intangible. And it's only used in one place, and that's for trading. They haven't figured out how to make it more functional than that yet. That's always been my question. Gold has the broadest base of buyer. And if you do a collectible coin, you can take a lot of money in your pocket anywhere on the planet and have the same level 
of purchasing power. But since gold is tangible and used across every sector of the global economy, it has the broadest base of buyer and the broadest demand, the most functionality. Why is gold better? Oh, than I love, love it. Really All good. right, so okay. we're gonna say goodbye to Facebook and we're gonna go to our LGBT stores. And um, on Facebook, uh, that's so fun. You know, y'all come and stick around for the best of the best for the rainbow colored part of the show there. Let me grab the rumble link for all of you guys so that you can follow us on over. Um, I know you want to. All right. So California, I'm just going to start talking about it until Michelle says goodbye. California creates baby selling market through in vitro fertilization for all. What is that? Yes. Say goodbye, Facebook. Oh, geez. Here we go. All right. So the latest trend to come from leftist lawmakers and the reproductive industry alike should shock everyone with a conscience selling babies. For the sexual left, children are no longer a gift to be received in marriage. Instead, they are a right that one may purchase based on the needs and desires of adults. A bill in California redefines infertility to allow it to apply even to a single person or to a same-sex couple and requires most health insurance plans to provide in vitro fertilization coverage. Uh, An IVF is a process that includes fertilizing an egg in a lab to create an embryo and implanting it into the mother or a surrogate. Until now, most insurers have defined a couple as infertile if they don't conceive after 12 months of regular unprotected sex. By That's just sex, by the way. There's, you don't need protection from sex. Um, unless it's rape. Uh, by definition, then, a couple means a man and a woman. In an upcoming hearing, however, the Assembly Health Committee will discuss what it means to be infertile. In this bill, it's described as a person's inability to reproduce either as an individual or with their partner without medical intervention. This redefinition allows a single person or a same-sex couple or thruple to be entitled to... A thruple? Or to be entitled to infertility. What's a thruple? Is a thruple what I think it is? Yes. No, you don't. Not because their bodies are infertile, but because their relationship is infertile. In short, the California bill would require insurance companies to fund the illusion that men can indeed have babies. Why? Because even single men who identify as a transgender woman or men in same-sex relationships would be eligible for insurance to pay them to use their sperm, purchase an egg, and rent a womb to make a baby. If passed, Senate Bill 729 would require plans to provide coverage for the diagnosis, treatment, and infertility and fertility service. The bill prohibits insurance companies from discrimination based on race or gender identity, neither dictates a person's fertility. The bill would also, in effect, mandate baby markets because since it explicitly requires insurance companies to cover IVF for virtually, IVF for virtually everyone, and those who aren't biological women will require surrogates for their IVF. IBS is cost prohibitive for most people. With inflation, it's estimated that a single round can cost anywhere between fifteen and thirty thousand dollars. The process can take several rounds to produce a successful pregnancy, and add in legal, medical, and surrogacy fees, and that could reach up to two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. And you to have a child in this process. You can't go to the hospital and get a broken bone set without practically losing your house. Mm. This is why. So in 2021, men having babies pervaded the state of Illinois to redefine infertility. Now the state provides insurance coverage for gay couples and single people. At present, California, New York, and Minnesota are considering similar legislation. Let me explain something. If you are doing this, it's no different than if they had the technology for you to grab an egg and a sperm and put it in an incubator. This is evil. 
It is child trafficking. This is child trafficking. Every single child has a right to know its mom and dad. Did you know there's there are Google adoption trauma? When you are taken from your family, even honestly, guys, abuse is horrible, but they've done studies that show that kids are actually, that's why they try to keep kids with their family, even if their family's kind of wacko, because the trauma caused by, by being raised by somebody who isn't your parents and God bless people who do this because sometimes it's necessary, but it should never be sought after because there is a traumatic, um, there's a traumatic thing that happens to children. Oh, you should be grateful. Somebody adopted you. You, there is something that if you, if you know your own mom and dad, you have a history and a grounding that even if they're weird, even if they're crazy, you'd still know them. Okay. But what is happening with this is worse than even, um, obviously worse than in vitro fertilization. Um, obviously it's, it's, it's one of those things where, um, there is a spark of life that happens and God creates life. And this is Frankensteinian. And I hope to God that he stops this. And I just curse this in the name of Jesus. Yes, I bind this in the name of Jesus. of Jesus. I send this idea down to the pit of hell. You are not going to rape children. You are not going to turn children into um, objects that you can buy and sell. You can't buy a child. That is called child trafficking. That's what they Patrick have Gallery no... Says choice in the matter you don't get to traffic children oh what about sex trafficking i don't care if it's if it's just to put somebody into your life you don't get to buy a child unless you're buying them from a sex trafficker and you're getting them out like you would buy a slave exactly. but then to you're buying them. the slave to free the slave patriot gallery says children for sale children become a commodity ownership is slavery it is illegal you can't own people this is slavery this is slavery. Oh, but I love them. Well, so did slave owners. Those, so did they. God made it so that it takes a man and a woman to make a baby. A man and a woman who love each other. Listen, guys. And I don't want to hurt anyone when I say this. Because I know that this is a very tender subject. And it's not your fault. Our food system, our, our vaccine system, the whole nine yards... Society in and of itself has been catering to infertility, and it's really sad. That being said, I do not believe that fertility treatments should be covered by insurance for heterosexual couples. There's no insurance is for if something bad happens to you. Mm -hmm. Infertility is as old as time. It's in the Bible. And what did those women do? Did Hannah go to her insurance company to get fertility treatments? No. She prayed um, and a prophet gave her a blessing. Mm. I'm not saying that fertility treatments in and of themselves are wrong. I'm not saying that at all. We can have that, that discussion another day. But should insurance companies be paying for that? No. Well, there should be no insurance companies. Exactly. All right, a couple more stories here. So do you guys remember the um, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence? Can they see this? Not yet. So you guys can turn away for one second if you don't want to remember the... Um, it's just a, just a, I'm stuck here. You guys can turn away. You don't have to watch. So these particular gay drag men, um, 
the they they're being welcomed today tonight by Dodger Stadium. Not mocking. I'm using satire. You're absolutely it's mocking when you put Jesus on a cross and you pole dance on. Like our bullies, you are putting words in. Yes, the Christian. As a Christian, that is extremely, extremely offensive. When I see my God on the cross, mock. offensive. You're using your God to make me look bad, to make me look foolish, to beat me up. Do you need, do, do, do they look foolish to you? Can you just say, yeah, that was wrong? You could just say, yeah, because that was wrong. it is wrong. not wrong to heal people who were beaten and shot for being gay and trans. How dare you, madam? How dare you shame us? How dare you shame us in our own pride festival, madam? We're in public, one. We're yes, on a public street. In pride, yes. In, in the middle of West Hollywood, in the pride festival, when we should all be celebrating. We can have differences, and you can tell I'm angry. We should be able to talk about our Why are you angry about me saying, look, I'm a Christian? When you put someone mimicking Jesus on a cross and pole dancing, that's offensive to me. That is deeply offensive. Why? Why does, is that wrong to you for me to say that? We're not making a mockery of them. Satire is not making a mockery of someone to offend those people. That's offensive. But I'm telling you, as a Christian... So that is offensive, and the Dodgers are still um, welcoming them. So we've got um, people are protesting tonight. So Catholics are here at Dodger Stadium. To your holy will, which is love and mercy itself, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. America's Bishop, I'm not gonna let him go. He's gonna be the first to submit our- So there is a protest happening at Dodger Stadium. That's awesome. And Savannah Hernandez is there. Good for her. Let's see. Thousands of Catholics shut down the main entrance to Dodger Stadium. Stop the anti-Catholic hate. And there's a couple more here. Um, they're supposed to save our children. Viva Cristo Rey! Viva! Save our children! You've got a couple more clips here. If you're anti-Catholic, you're anti-religion, you're anti-God. You're anti-God. I got a problem with that. A little over 2,000 years ago, there was a rabbi Hillel, he said, If I am not for myself, who will be for me? If I'm That's so good. So I'm actually going to leave with something that I find incredibly hilarious. So you remember Space Force Trump? What is wrong with you with uh, setting up the Space Force? Did you not like really go through some people? So the Space Force chief, I don't know, and maybe, maybe he didn't put her in. Maybe somebody else did. Um, says anti-LGBT laws threaten U.S. military readiness. At a Pride event held this month at the Pentagon, Space Force Chief, Chief Operating Officer Lieutenant General Deanna Burt attacked the proliferation of over 400 state regulations, which she described as anti-LGBTQ, and suggested that such laws were a danger to military readiness and to individual soldiers so they can't be their true selves. So I think I've got the link to her 
deal. Where is she? It's not just right here. Um, there was a clip of her. You can play that, but I don't know if that's that might well, be. Well, no, long. it's CNN. Or MSNBC. Yeah, but it might not. It may be a longer clip than. Hundred anti-LGBTQ plus yeah, laws have been introduced at the state level. That number is rising and demonstrates a trend that could be dangerous for service members, their families, and the readiness of the force as a whole. When I look at potential candidates, say for squadron command, I strive to match the right person to the right job. I consider their job performance and relevant experience first. However, I also look at their personal circumstances and their family is also an important factor. It's a good match for a job does not feel safe being themselves and performing at their highest potential at a given location, or if their family could be denied critical health care due to the laws in that state. I am compelled to consider a different candidate and perhaps less qualified. Those barriers are a threat to our readiness. And they have a direct correlation to the resiliency and so well being. So somebody wants to be in, wants, she wants to send somebody to Tennessee, and they have a transgender child, she can't send them there. Being ...of our most important operational advantage, our people. The Department of Defense's success depends on getting the most from every person on the team. Each team member deserves, at a minimum, to be treated with respect and dignity and to serve in an environment which they can grow and thrive. The diverse and inclusive tapestry of the Department of Defense must continue to embrace the LGBTQ plus community. No. A, 20, a 2022 poll showed that almost 20% of the people born between the years of 1997 and 2004 identifies LGBTQ plus. That means without proper policies, messaging, and allies, we are potentially alienating 20%, 20% of the key demographic and age group that we are looking for to recruit. And remember, the DOD is experiencing recruiting shortfalls across the entire enterprise. I wonder why. Maybe it's these policies. Diversity and inclusion are both force multipliers and warfighting imperatives that enable our competitive advantage against adversaries. We must be able to draw from the best and brightest talent across our nation to develop and retain a force comprised of backgrounds, experiences, and skill sets as diverse as the challenges we face as a nation. To get after this in the Space Force, for example, we ask each guardian to embody the guardian spirit. The guardian spirit is a collective representation of what it means to be a member of the United States Space Force. Those with the guardian spirit are principled public servants, possessing character beyond question. They are space-minded warfighters committed to mastering the profession of arms. Guardians are bold and collaborative. Master the profession of arms. Collaborative problem solvers exemplifying the courage to debate new ideas and continually challenge the status quo. Does that look like a military? Audience? They connect with teammates to experiment, fail, learn, adapt, and innovate no matter the challenge. The guardian spirit says nothing about which bathroom they use or which gender or sex they are. Wow, okay. That is really something. Um, she delivered that speech with conviction. I have to, I have to hand it to her. She sounded very convinced of what she was saying. I, um, I was trying to find some of like the, the Russian, the Belarusian, like, um, the, like, uh, there's uh, different. Wicked Psych says this sounds like divisive rhetoric. James says we must outlaw this kind of behavior. 
Um, when you're in battle, being self gets you go. killed, says Salty Mamas. So let me explain something. You've done you. that. If she's talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion and all these different things, there are certain jobs to which being a male are, is an advantage. Okay? Anybody who is LGBT is going to be a non-straight male, except for bi. You mean any man? Yes. No, no, no. Anyone. Anyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so your top pick for any military position is going to be a straight male, bar none, every single time. Yes. And so to say that you're ignoring your top picks, by definition, LGBT is anyone else who is not a, a straight male. Even gay men are not straight men. And we know how gay men act. Do we not? Okay. Okay. It's not my fault that they go on top. Go, if you ask somebody, act gay. Okay, girlfriend. Let me pull the trigger. I got this. I got my sniper view in view, girlfriend. Okay, no, no, no. Please play the Russian ad. Russia's new recruitment ad. gay guy, transgender or women in that ad and if you want say it in the comments space force in the guardians just i can't i can't i can't with these people patriot gallery says space force will be fighting demonic beings they need to be very very close to god christian knowing jesus without demons influencing them like the sexually perverted Exactly. All right. So we're, that's that's how we're ending our show on the Space Whoa. Force. Whoa. We're ending on Space Force. Uh, Baker Mom says that looks like a Call of Duty ad. It does, actually. Uh, Stuart the Brit says the British SAS has been open to females for years. Not one has ever passed basic selection yet. I wonder why. Mm. Linda says there should not be restrictions on jobs. I broke barriers in DOD as a woman. I know what it was like to get into the man crowd. So, Linda, the DOD, the Department of Defense, has varying different jobs. We're, I think we're more or less talking about, like, military I'm not saying that women can't or even shouldn't be in the military. This to me is not a question of men versus women because what Leah said was there's no job that a man, well, that's not true because the military is comprised of doctors and nurses and, and, you know, pencil paper pushers, right? Like that, that being said, if you are doing warfare, like actual battle, especially 
a physical one, men are going to be your top pick. And then someone that is not confused about their sexuality should also be your top pick. And sexual deviance should never be your pick. Ever. Yeah, ever, so, ever, yeah. Ever. When it comes to some of those other other positions, you know, I'm not saying that that women shouldn't shouldn't be in them. But the, see, she says I wrote IT standards for the U.S. military. Okay, yeah, obviously helpful. Same, same, same level of your minds are the same. It's your bodies that are different. And so for the bigger mom says, when is the last time you saw a woman on an oil rig? There are some jobs for men only. Guys, we have uh, our, our trash company around here is Rumpke. They also do, they do trash and they do recyclables. Mm -hmm. The recycle bins are always really lightweight. We have a woman recycle truck driver. She's been driving for years. The, that passes I our house. She's that. a female um, and she does a good job. I've never seen a female garbage truck driver because I have put some trash cans out that I, that it took two of us to drag out there. Okay. There are some jobs that men are the only candidate to be chosen. Okay. And I've said this on the show before, and I will say it one more time. Men that are the same exact size as me, and like I always like to show my guns on the show, they're not looking very big right now on this shirt, I am a fairly strong from Viking stock female. Mm -hmm. I'm stronger than a lot of women. Okay? Men my size are always stronger than me. Even if they don't have a lot of muscles. It's crazy. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I don't know how God designed it. It's 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 offensive to me, actually, because I'm pretty strong for myself. But pit me next to a man, same size, same weight, same body structure, essentially, and yet he is stronger than me. It's I don't get it. I have had this experience many, many times in my life. It's God. It's God's design. It's perfect. It's beautiful. And why are we trying to mess with it? Well, I'll tell you, it's demonic. Um, all right, I think that's it. Anything else? Um, I guess Josh Hawley had a couple uh, shining moments this week with migrant kids are being exploited and trafficked. If you'd like to play that. I will get there. Must be over here. No, you have to go to my profile. I'll just tweet it out. Oh, okay. I love, have we ever run into an instance where we were disappointed in Josh Hawley? A couple times. Have we? Yeah. Don't remember him. Thomas Massey's been kind of a little bit of a rhino lately. He's been under a lot of fire from us liberty loving people. Let's look at some of the things that we've learned about what's going on over at HHS that Secretary Becerra is doing. Here's some quotes from employees at HHS. At least five health and human services staff members said that they were pushed out after raising concerns about child safety. This is all from the New York Times, by the way. Mr. Becerra told the Office of Refugee Resettlement Director that if she could not increase the number of discharges of children, he'd find somebody who would. Next, 20% of kids have to be released every week or you get dinged. It's a conveyor belt of children 
being forced through the system. And what's the priority of HHS? Just get them out as fast as we can. They go to factories. Uh, they go to slave labor. Uh, I've written to the FBI and asked the FBI, where are the 80,000 plus children this administration's lost? They don't know. I've said it's your responsibility to go get them. It's a direct violation of child labor laws. They're not doing anything. Nobody's doing anything. It's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. And the fact that the administration won't come and sit there and answer questions to this committee is absurd. And it is nothing more than cowardice. They don't want to answer questions. They don't want to be responsible. They don't want to take responsibility for this. So let the record reflect that this administration has let tens of thousands of children be sold into slavery and they are doing nothing. I don't want to hear another person talk about slavery in this country again. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're throwing down. So he also had another one this week. You guys know our resistance jigs church is gone if you won't follow it thank you mr chair you got ding too many Senator times Holly. thank you mr chairman mr abadi let me just stay with you you just started to answer senator blackburn's question that not releasing the 1023 or talking about it as a matter of life and death question of life and death you said explain it is potentially a question of life and death for whom with regard to the source of the information so, okay, so now we've confirmed that the document exists. That's progress because the FBI director initially denied that it exists. Why did he do that? We, we have already and previously acknowledged the existence of the documents. Yeah, after you first denied it. Now, when a member of this committee read it, right, the FBI director, let's just get the record straight. The FBI director initially said it doesn't exist. Then Senator Grassley said, I've read it. Then he said, oh, okay, well, gotcha. I guess it does exist. Now you're going back and forth with members of this committee, what's in it. Why do you just release it? Is it classified? The document is not classified. Okay. Will you commit to releasing it? Senator, we'll take that back and we will work with you in this committee. Uh, How about just a yes or no? Will you commit to releasing this unclassified document that alleges that the President of the United States, the President of the United States, has taken $5 million or more in bribes from a foreign nation? The document has already been released pursuant to a subpoena to the House Oversight Committee. Has it been it released will, to this committee? We will work with this committee within the parameters that are established to meet Will you the release the document to the public? It's unclassified. Don't you think the American people have a right to see it? Uh, Senator, the document, as you know, contains sensitive information that has bearing on the life classified? of the source of the information, potentially. You can redact the source's name. We do this all the time. In some instances, Senator, and I know you know this, that is not sufficient to protect people. And that's what we strive and work to do each and every day. And I hope you would take that seriously too. Oh, I take it very seriously. But I also take seriously the fact that your institution has repeatedly abused its authority, has repeatedly targeted political opponents. Your institution is the one that went to the door of pro-life protesters with SWAT teams to try and intimidate people because of their speech. Your institution is the one that treated parents as domestic terrorists because of their speech. Your institution is the one that, according to the court, the FISA court, ran 278,000 unwarranted, probably illegal queries on Americans, right? That was your institution, correct? There, the, with respect to the compliance incidents, yes, some of the other things you cited, we can take them one by one. They are not. 
compliance, you, you would characterize the unlawful querying 278,000 times of American citizens as compliance issues? We've said before, I've said that the totally unacceptable. Who's been uh, fired for it? Individuals involved uh, are handled through the disciplinary process. Who's been fired for it? We have, there in, the, in the case of the uh, unintentional instance where something similar happened, we have fired people in the past. Wait, I, I'm sorry, what, what, what does that word salad mean? The unintentional instance where some, what, what does that mean? Who's been fired for the 278,000 times that you improperly or illegally queried the database for American citizens? When we Anybody? When we find intentional incidents, well, you're saying that the 278,000 queries were unintentional? I believe that's correct. Wow. 278,000 times American citizens' information was queried by your agency unintentionally? That's your testimony? I would want to go back and check that, Senator. Uh, but well, that's yes, what you just told me. My understanding is that the vast majority of Well, wait, that's different. You just said it was. You just said it was unintentional. Now it's the vast majority. Which is it? Do you know? I would want to go back and check it. So you don't My know. My understanding is that likely all are were unintentional. Likely in, all. So first nature. it was all of them. Then it was vast majority. Now it's likely all. So you don't know is the answer to the question. I don't know the answer as we sit here today, but I will Could find out. Could have started with that, probably. Who was fired for the lies to the FISA court for the Carter Page warrant. Who, who, who was fired for that? Anybody? Has anybody been held accountable for your institution deliberately lying to a FISA court to get a wiretap on an ongoing presidential campaign? There is an ongoing disciplinary process with respect to individuals involved in that. Here's the deal. You're back in front of us asking for the reauthorization of extraordinary authorities. Multiple courts have uncovered extraordinary abuses perpetrated by your agency. You are at the same time concealing information about serious allegations made against the President of the United States, even as your institution also targets his chief political opponent in an unprecedented way. Why would we ever give you the blank check that you want to continue? Good question. I got another little clip here and we'll let you go from uh, Senator Ted Cruz. For statutory changes, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Thanks, Senator Osso. Senator Cruz. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Gentlemen, every day when I'm home in Texas, I hear from Texans who are deeply dismayed about the growing politicization and weaponization of the Department of Justice. We get it. Last month, a whistleblower, you're just not going to comment on, uh, is it true that the FBI has a report making those allegations? Uh, I'm not going to comment on that, Senator. And why is that? I'm just not going to comment on uh, information we've received, investigations. Or you owe an matters. obligation to the American people to be candid about evidence of corruption by the president of the United States. This is uh, an area that I'm not going to get into with you, Senator. Well, I understand you don't want to. And that's why people are mad at the FBI, because you're stonewalling and covering up serious allegations of evidence of corruption from the president. Yesterday, Senator Chuck Grassley stood on the Senate floor and alleged that there are 17 recordings of this informant from Burisma, Ukrainian natural gas company. 15 of them are recordings, voice recordings of him talking to Hunter Biden. Two of them are voice recordings of him talking to Joe Biden, Deputy Director Abate. 
does the FBI have 17 voice recordings laying out evidence of a bribery scheme? Senator, I'd add all, I would add also that uh, we've worked with the House Oversight Committee. Yeah, this is the, the Senate. We're the other side of the Capitol. This is the Senate. Do you have those 17 recordings? I'm not going to comment on any investigative matters, Senator. See, that's the problem. The FBI, and I've had this conversation with Chris Ray too, this is why you are damaging the institution. The American people have a right to know whether there is serious, credible evidence that the President of the United States took a $5 million bribe. And by the way, if it's false, Chairman Durbin just rolled his eyes. If Chairman Durbin were interested in the rule of law, we would have a hearing on these allegations. But of course, the Democrats don't want a hearing on the, these allegations. And to be clear, if the allegations are false, you know who could disprove them? Joe Biden. He could call for this to be released publicly. But the FBI is stonewalling. Would you two, two agree? Things, Senator, no sure. one's stonewalling. The 1023 you just said you refused was provided to answer the in response to a subpoena. Okay, the then why'd you refuse to committee. answer my the, question? The pertinent information is there, and I re Okay, this is funny. One last one, because I just saw... Um... See if I play this one. Let me see. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Chopra, for being here. This you just have a data breach at your agency. Report. Is that correct? We have an insider threat that transferred on an unauthorized basis um, some emails to their personal email right. account. And, and you were in charge when this happened? Of course, right? yes. Okay. And it, this wasn't an attack from, with, from outside your agency. It, it came from inside of your agency. Is that correct? That's right. Our systems were not penetrated. It was not a hack in that way, right. but we had an employee who worked for well, us did, who did, sent those emails. You, um, the, the data for 256,000 consumers was breached. Is that correct? Yeah, we identified, we looked through but the But is emails. my number correct? I, I believe that's right, yes. But it was not their, uh, it, it was not any social security number, birth dates, any of it that. It was their data though, right? Uh, it was the institution's data, but it had their name. So that's important and it's a huge problem. Yeah, it is. You didn't tell the customers that this happened to the consumers for two months. Is that correct? Well, we did not have the contact information for them. So we had to work with institutions to figure right. out who to contact. And we wanted to work in partnership. But you didn't them. tell them for two months? Well, is that correct? We have start. We started the notifications, I believe, last month. But again, we did not know the the contact information for right. them. All we had was certain data elements, and we followed the cybersecurity OMB guidance to make sure well, you, that we you can understand. Can you not? Why consumers might be a little concerned about you having their information. Is that correct? Oh, of, of, of course. The right. issue of protecting personal data. Let me ask, you, let me, let me ask you about Section 1071, your rule on small business data collection. Under your proposed rule, you're, 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 when, a, when a bank loans money 
to a small businesswoman ethnicity. So just to be clear, in the sample form, it allows the borrower to self-identify or refuse. Just answer my question. No, I, I'm trying to be clear. No, you're not. No, you're not. Your rule would, would require a bank to ask the question of a small business person, what's your race? What's your ethnicity? What's your sexual preference? Are you gay? Are you a woman? Now that's, that's you, can, you can bubble wrap this all you want, but that's what your rule does. Now the customer, particularly in a small town, is gonna go, whoa, what's my sexual preference have to do with a loan? And the customer can say, I don't wanna answer. But then the bank has got, you're requiring the bank to tell you that they wouldn't answer. And all of this data is gonna go to your agency and we don't have the slightest idea how you're going to use it, except you say you're going to publish it. Well, we will not get any names but, at but, all. But, they, they, yeah, but you're going to have data sets so that it's, if it's possible. You, you can't tell me it's not possible to have this information known. Why do you want all this I don't. The, the, it, Why do you want to know what a small business woman's sexual preference is? Okay, th that that's a mischaracterization of it. No, it's not. It. Yeah, it, it is. We no, have it's congressional not. objectives. No, it's not. We had to implement it. People can self-identify. There is no personal Why do you want to know what a small business woman, let's say in a town of 20,000 people going to our local bank to borrow money, why do you want to know what her sexual preference is? What business is that of yours? We... We sought to implement what the congressional what business requirements is that of are. Course. What a, a small businesswoman does in her bedroom. Again, Who wanted you, Pope? Again, I, again people are able to self-identify. What is this having to do? What is sexual? You have to, you do on these forms. Are you gay, straight, bi on these forms? Like, what is it? It's, it's like, it is a cult. We're, this is the Ishtar cult. And we we did we did go watch our our video on Return of the Gods. It's all now. If I ever do, you have worship that question, the gods with us. How how much do you worship the exactly gods with us? That's why they want to know. They want to know because they want to know if you will play their game. This is what I would put on a form. I've never had a form that asked that question. Um, I would put NA, not applicable. That's I, not refusing to answer the question. That's saying that this question is not applicable to this situation. Okay, N-A, not ap applicable. Not applicable to I would this. put Nunya. So Wicked Sykes says, Holly business. said that working class people don't care about the environment. They only care about jobs. He is wrong. I would agree with you on that 100%. Um, the working class people do care about the environment. Um, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, this guy reminds me of Brian Stelter. He does, James. You're so Just right Just a little that. bit because this is like talk about like this. Yes. Just a little list. All right. So Linda says China CCP is taking America US, um, or the U.S. from within in all 50 states, every big city. See what the Brit up there? Right here? The one up, yeah. Has anyone been fired for anything in government in America? What a great grift. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. Exactly. Oh, so Linda says deep state swamp creatures are under China and CCP foreign government money laundering opera operations and then says China, the CCP is taking America from within all 50 states, every big city. Um, yeah, the don't Patriot return. Act has been repealed. Linda, um, don't return the form. They, they, they don't need to know nothing about you. 
Don't yes. return the form. Sir the Brit says, Reagan did say once the biggest threat to America is America. Been proved correct. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, you guys have been awesome. Thank you so much for staying with us through Who the... appointed you, Pope? You, I am a king. Who thought that, 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 uh, that, that a discussion that. on banking laws would turn LGBT? You know? And, and get so interesting, by the way. All right. So uh, Sherry says, I watched that video yesterday. It was very good. I love the explanation by Jonathan Kahn. Mm. I think they also want to see who will comply. If you answer their questions, it indicates that you will go along with, the, with things. And that's what Leah was saying. It's, are you part of our religion? Will you go along with what we believe, what we are saying? I think I closed it already. Did you? If you already played it, I closed it. Okay. So um, Michelle didn't get to see these. I did see it. You didn't get to see this one. So one okay. last time, just for the heck of it, this is John Fetterman, a sitting senator. There was a bridge collapse, and he was asked about the bridge collapse, and here's what he said. Earlier today, some, uh, com some comments about uh, the uh, tragic uh, accident in uh, 995, and if you want to make any comments with respect to that, feel, him, feel free you're recognized. Uh, no, I... I, I uh, would, would, would just um, really like to, you know, the 95, 95, 95, you know, um, you know, obviously that, you know, you're pretty much preoccupied with, with 95, and I, know, I certainly am too, and we know it's a major uh, eatery, not, not just for, for Pennsylvania, but for the East, the east Coast, and a lot of Pennsylvanians are... 95, 95, 95. I feel like we're in auction. And one last one here. We're, this is how we're going out. All right. God right. save the queen, man. God save the queen, man. Bye, y'all. Boom. Friday show over. God save the queen. All right. God save the queen, man. God save the He said eatery. He's not speaking very, he's not speaking coherently. God save the queen. God save the queen. Uh, she's dead, Joe. And that's, he, maybe he doesn't remember that she is. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. know. Is that God a thug life saying? Like you just like mic drop, like man. God save the queen. And he says man. And walk away, he man. He says man. And, he then, he's, and then he walks, as soon as he's done, he turns around and he's like, this way? Is this way I'm going? You want me to go that way? God save the queen, go? man. Mic drop. Boom. I'm outie. I'm the president, but God save the queen. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so stay tuned every week. That was a demonic manifestation, I bet. Of God save the queen? Probably some demon said it, made him say it. I Maybe. bet. Maybe. Uh, all right, so where are you going to be on Sunday? Here? For Father's Day. You're going to be right here with Resistance Chicks celebrating fathers and world news. Right? 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time-ish. Uh, every Sunday for the World News Program, which is has is our biggest show, followed by a close Getting second bigger of Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you, if you are not tuning in to Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where you're at. You got 17 episodes to catch up on. Well, you, you guys can. are coming when you know that there's a show. So subscribe to Rumble. You don't even need to ring a bell for a notification. You're just going to get one. Click the subscribe button. Yes, absolutely. Tell and all your and friends. And download the app. 
I am I am asking you. I get no kickback for that. I am asking you because let's see if my, my notification is still up here. It is. Look at that. Let me erase. It's just all a these little thing. Things. It says resistance shakes are slack. Oh, let me. And you can come. Yeah. And join us. Let me show you my phone. Look, how often do you get to see somebody's cell phone on their shelf? Just that little, look, Rumble, Resistance Chick started streaming. It, oh, yeah. Gosh, because sometimes we do shows that we don't blast out on media. We've done seven, we did two extra special shows this week. Extra, extra special. Okay. Two we did awesome um, shows. The, how the how the LGBTQ community is channeling ancient gods. You want to tune into that. And what was the other one that we did? It was an extra revelation. It was a bonus red revelation pill. red pill. So powerful. If you guys need a if you guys need a power god to hit you, come on. Go watch. It was about the kingdom of God. The, the kingdom, kingdom of, God, of God. The kingdom of God. How it's everywhere. And and Jesus is always saying the kingdom of God. It was so good. And you took us to the OT. Old Testament. The Old Testament. All right, we'll see you guys on Sunday. And then I uh, hope you have a wonderful and blessed week. Put on your calendar, if you live anywhere near Ohio and you want to come and be a part of those three days, the third, the fourth, and the fifth, with Banners for Freedom, Krista Elisha, Resistance Chicks. I got a couple other churches and people I'm going to try to wrangle into all this. Um, and we will see the Sound of Freedom on the 4th of July. And we'll be seeing fireworks two nights in a row that we don't have to pay for. It's awesome. Okay. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Side.